All right, we're back with Drew. Drew Frisbee. He's back like a boomerang, mm-hmm. but it, it's Frisbee. Into the wind, Frisbee. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Those always come back. How you doing tonight, man? Good, man. How are you been doing? Not bad. Not bad. You were uh, you were telling me tonight is takeout Thursday? Yep, every Thursday. We get paid on Thursdays, so we usually get takeout then. Would you uh would you do it for takeout? Mancinos. Bomb. Phenomenal. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can't go wrong with Mancinos. Their consistency is on point. Dude it is. What'd you get? If you don't mind me asking. Pizza grinder. Okay. All right. You go with uh the classic pizza grinder or do you you, you do custom? Just the classic one. Okay. With Fred bread. Mm-hmm. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are living right over there, dude. Try well, to. At least you are. <laughs> yeah. I look forward to it all week because Doughboys releases on Thursday, too, and that's a podcast. It's like every week they review chain restaurants, so it's like, mm. listen to Doughboys, get me in the mood for takeout Thursday. Bro. <laughs> Not going to lie, that might be one of the more uh, logical connections I've heard between podcasts and food, man. Yeah. A lot of the times, you know, it's just uh, places you're... You know, you're reviewing a restaurant. Yeah, that's cool. Somewhere you might never get to go. Yeah, that's cool. But if it's like a type of food, fuck. Or like a genre of food, like takeout or. Yeah, it's a hard medium to definitely transfer. You know, like you, I, I want to see how good food is, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that's what's so beautiful about the Doughboys. They're comedy writers. So it's like all about the, ta- the tangents. Like that's, I really love that. Like. It's the comedy bullshit that comes up, like yeah, yeah. It's like... Well, and here's here's another thing. I don't mean to sound snooty, but there's something about food and like the presentation of it. Like a pulled pork's good, but there's a reason they bring it to you with an open sandwich is toasted. You know what I mean? You get to see the caramel the caramelization on it. Like a dessert plate that's got the chocolate sauce dripped all over it, all decorative with a little mint leaf. Like there's, the presentation is part of it. You know oh what yeah, I mean? so many, like when they bring you a burger, but they don't put any of the lettuce or tomatoes or anything on it. Yes. You know, that's going to be a good burger. Yeah, for real. And what do you think that's tied to? I just think what you're saying, man, like presentation, you know, just stuff that people pick up. Throughout the years, like me, when I make burgers, I always toast my buns. Yeah, yeah. Just something I've picked up over time, you know, <laughs> just stuff like that. Yep. You ever butter them? Uh, no. Dude, a little bit of butter with l- just a fucking, just the tiniest bit of garlic powder or garlic Ooh, salt? Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Bro. Phenomenal. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't mean to dive too deep already, but I think it's kind of tied to just like, Primitive fucking ways. Like, you don't want to eat a sick animal. So if yeah. it looks nasty, like, you know, if, God forbid, you were to kill something and then it ran into a river and died, you pull it out, it's all wet and fucking nasty looking. Like, it's not appealing, you know. You cut open something and it's not that bright red meat, but it's like a dark red fucking doesn't look appealing, like salad something about green over brown green multi fucking salad you know what i mean like there's just something i feel like is natural about wanting to see 
a beautiful presentation of your food that 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 gets hacked when you get brought a burger without fucking lettuce or tomato. Yeah, <laughs> you know you don't want to eat something that looks like a pile of dog shit. No, and I mean a lot of us do. You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't take a sidebar right off the bat and uh, call out the fact that you brought a couple drinks of your own. You brought uh, a blueberry, ro- well, two blueberry rosé angry orchards, <laughs> a tropical angry orchard, and a green apple. And you gave me the choice, that blueberry rosé, bro. And uh, I've taken one sip, and I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah, it is rosé because they have the asterisks over the rose. Yeah, there's... The Summer Sessions Angry Orchard pack is out. I didn't get to try it last year, and it's out this year, and it's pretty good. They got blueberry, rosé, green apple, and I can't remember the name. of It's Tropical something, and then the regular one, and they're all pretty pretty good. I mean, this one, man... It's got my mouth watering. And they also put that in a clear bottle. Like all the other ones are in brown bottles. That's I noticed that immediately. And that goes into the visu- like the visual representation like we're talking <laughs> about. Not to butcher the word, but like they knew how beautiful that liquid looked. And yeah. they're like, we can't hide that behind a brown bottle. I'm glad you actually called that out because that is one thing I wanted to bring up is, um, yeah, it's bottled in a clear bottle. And I was going to ask you what you thought about that, but you already got to it. I yeah. mean, like, I get rosé usually is in a clear bottle, especially higher-priced alcohols, you know, if, if they look pretty. But if I could describe the color of this, what would you say? Like, a pink plum? Like, it's just the perfect... Yeah, it's got, like, a soft kind of purpley hint to it. It's beautiful, is yeah. what it is. And whoever had the idea of putting this in a clear bottle, props. Yeah, I want to go to the orchard someday so bad. It's in, like, upstate New York. It'd be so cool. Dude, it would be... I'm trying to cut down on the use of the word bomb, because I feel like I can throw more adjectives out there, but that's my go-to, dude. That's going to be a shirt. Bomb. (laughs) All podcasts have key phrases and stuff they say, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do. But, yeah, dude, going to that orchard be beautiful you let me know when you're going bro i will <laughs> probably when the kids are older so i can enjoy myself yeah i mean at the least i'll send you with some money to bring me back some memorabilia yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah they have like 17 different flavors and i think i haven't tried them all but i think i've tried most of them now like the last time i was here i tried the peach mango one mm-hmm. that one they don't sell in the bottles so it's i usually buy the pack so that's yeah what I can't remember if it's. Oh, I think they do sixes. I think that's what I got was a six. Yep. And it's weird. Usually, if it's in a can, I like to drink it out of a glass. So I'll pour a glass, get a nice head on it, and let it. Like a Guinness, I think it's a minute forty two seconds. You're supposed to let it set. But if I pour it in a glass, I let the head die down a little bit. Nothing gets as creamy as a Guinness, in my opinion. Some do, but yeah, man. So let me ask you this then. What's your favorite out of the all the flavors? Besides the original one? Besides OG. Well, I mean, if OG's on the list, dude, I mean, that's... I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking... <laughs> it just depends on the time of the year. In the wintertime, I like the cinnamon one that they put out. Um, okay. Right now, it's kind of hard to say. I'm kind of flopping between the blueberry and 
blueberry rosé and the tropical one. The tropical one's pretty good too. It's Bro. got like that nice, like subtle hint of pineapple, mm. where it's not like overwhelming. Mm. That was the old Tommy. Yeah. Just had dinner. Also. Everything's settling. Yeah, man. The, um. Fuck, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> oh, we were talking about, uh, your favorites. I was going to say the, uh, have you ever had Fox Barrel? Uh-uh. The Fox Barrel? That's a good one. That's a pear. That's their pear cider. That's probably my favorite. So good. Cider Boys has a really good strawberry one. Strawberry cider? Yeah. Bro. It's pretty good. I I can fuck with a strawberry cider. Would it be like top tier or just you saying it's pretty good? It's pretty good. Okay. Would it be on your list of favorites, top ten? Uh, for my personal taste, yes. Okay. Okay. Now I'm I'm actually glad we're talking about this because you are when I think of like a cider guy, like I was talking to Brett the other day, and uh, <clears throat> we were bringing up beers, and we were talking about how some are seasonal and situational, and he hit me with one I kind of overthought. I asked him what his fall beer would be. You know, he goes out hunting. It's a nice crisp day. Like, what beer is he thinking about he, that he's going to drink when he gets home, you know? Assuming that he's thinking all day about what am I going to drink when I get home. But yeah. And uh, he said, maybe a cider. And I was like, I immediately thought of you. I was like, fuck, dude, that's, that's a solid answer. I'm still thinking about beer, you know? Yeah. And it's, that's the perfect time of year for it. But yeah, you, you you know, I would say you're the cider guy. Like, if I if I have a cider question, I'm coming to you, whether you've tried it or, you know, what you think about the certain uh, brewery. If we can even call them that, is it a mill that ferments? I'm not exactly sure. I it's it's the apples are fermented pretty similarly to like how you do wine and stuff, but with the cider and stuff. Because I looked this up, because actually I forgot about this. My favorite Angry Orchard flavor is apple pie, um, mm. because I stocked up on the apple pie when the it's because it's in the winter pack, and I was like, how long do these last? And I was looking it up, and cider last like way longer than you can keep beer or yeah. any of that other stuff like it's you can keep that shit sitting around a while that is beer's downfall i think <clears throat> average labels are about six months out from brew date Whatever. yeah you can keep that for like years yeah which i mean it gets better with age too from what i hear but the reason I say the six months out with beers is because I've thought about that. Like when Lion and Kugels was doing their pumpkin shandy, I was like, I'm buying like 10, 12 packs. And I'm just going to limit myself to like maybe one every other day. <laughs> you know, this will get me to next season. And yeah, I got six months. So I ended up buying two of them bitches and it made me to like the next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, dude. So ciders, I mean, have you ever tried meads or anything? Uh uh-uh. uh. No? I've got a couple meads. Uh, next time I'm a little bit downstate, I will stop in because I know this liquor store is still open. I was telling you, dude, that one in Harrison that was open is fucking. It ain't shit now. It's like <laughs> yeah. a bait store, fucking gro- little grocery store and stuff. But, um, yeah, there's. 
Zombie Slayer, which is pretty good. Uh, fuck. I just had the brewery name on the tip of my tongue. People are going to be screaming. All nine of them are going to be screaming, dude. Who the fuck is this guy? Yep, Zombie Slayer is a good one. It's like an apple mead. Apple honey. It's really good. Oh, fuck. It's going to bug me. I think I remember you talking to me about this, because didn't you just go downstate a couple weeks ago? Or somewhere where you are talking about picking up some cider? Yeah, when when we went up to Harrison, because that's the, last, the only other place I saw him, other than I don't even want to name the store. Or the city, because I don't want them to be fucking gone. Because, I, dude, I fucked up, and I, I did that with my porch rockers, dude. Yeah. I was in line with a fucking a six-pack, and some dude behind me was like, those any good? And I sold them, bro. And then next time I go in there to get some, they're fucking gone. I'm like, dude, fuck. So I'm stuck to buying variety packs. Luckily, I found a six-pack, but... No, they're dude, they're good. Um, They're actually meant to be consumed warm, from my understanding. But I still chill them a little bit. So I'll, I'll take it from being warm. I'll put it in the freezer like 20 minutes, half hour before I intend on drinking it. And it's got like the perfect chill. Because it's, it's a bigger bottle. It's maybe a liter. A little, well, what size is this? Yeah, it's probably about a liter. Probably double one of these. 20, 22 ounces maybe. So it's a good amount of mead. And it's good. Hell yeah. It's good, dude. I think you would enjoy. Sounds good. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to grab you a couple. Yeah, I haven't tried a whole bunch of different, like, kinds of, like, ciders and stuff, but, like, whenever I see something that piques my interest, I'll check it out. I'm I'm pretty open-minded, so I'm pretty... <laughs> There's some that I don't really, like, care for and stuff. Like, I don't really like reds. I don't know if that's necessarily considered a... That's not really considered a cider, though. That's more of a... Yeah, it's, more, it's like the Bud Light of cider. Yeah, you know, what I mean? <laughs> there's one that I had at um, Texas Roadhouse. I can't remember what it was called. They had it on tap, and it was pretty good. And the the waiter told me it was better than Angry Orchards, and I had to correct him on that one. Damn, I, it was not better than Angry Orchards, but it was pretty good. Did you call him back to the table like you had an yeah. issue? Yeah, he walks. He started to walk away when he <laughs> said that, and I yeah, not to. I wasn't like rude about it or anything, just so, hey, like in a joking manner. But hey, come here, come here a second. <laughs> like that just costs you your tip. What well, is everything good? Your steak? Everything good? Uh, uh, everything but the cider you sold me on, dude. No, I liked it. I asked him what the name of it was, but I forgot what it was. Uh, Something with an S. Damn, okay. I was going to guess a McKenzie's because that's the only other one I know of that they've ever had on tap. Hmm. Now you got me intrigued, because I know they have Angry Orchards. They didn't have it on tap, because I asked for an Angry Orchards on tap, and they took it off of the tap. That's yeah, how yeah, I ended up with yeah. this one, which oh. is which is good. It was good. They sw- Okay, so it replaced their Angry Orchard? I think so. Wow. Ballsy. Yeah, I think that that's probably why he was more inclined to say, that's better than Angry Orchards, is his manager's probably like, you push that fucking cider? <laughs> Or I'm taking your tips. <laughs> There's a reason it bumped that angry orchard. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not because it's all we could get. You don't fucking tell them that shit. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, you were telling me a story right before we were recording about uh, sneaking whiskey on the cruise. Oh, uh, yeah. So 
<laughs> me and my wife for our honeymoon, we were going to go on, uh, I forget how many days. I think it was like a four-day cruise. And so we bought a bunch of like shooters and stuff. And um, my mom had told me like a little bit of how to like sneak it on to the cruise ship. And so I did what she told me to. I can't remember the specificities, but... So when we got there, you when you get onto a cruise ship, you pull into this big parking garage and you park and people take your suitcases and this, I can't even remember how it came up in conversation. It was so long ago, but <laughs> he, I think he just straight up asked if we had any liquor or anything. And I was like, yeah. And he told us how to hide it properly, like away from all this various security checks that we were about to go through so uh, we listened to him and we did what he told him and i tipped him like twenty dollars and we were on our way and at like the final checkpoint they ended up taking like all of it except for like four uh jack daniel tennessee fire like they were like <laughs> this big so we the single shots yeah I mean, it's better than nothing. Yeah, better than nothing. Not my favorite thing to drink. I I don't think I've drank or bought any since then, but I don't really like it when compared to all the other cinnamon flavor whiskeys you can get. Yeah, I mean, it's a little more subtle in my opinion of cinnamon. It's not like Cinerator, which is just basically, it tastes like vodka with a cinnamon stick in it. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? It's just fucking pungent. And then... You got Fireball that tastes like cinnamon with some syrup in it, but yeah, I feel it kind of rides that middle line. Yeah, the Tennessee Fire kind of leaves a weird aftertaste in my mouth. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, I had to stop myself from drinking Cinerator. Like I don't usually drink when I or throw up when I drink, but there's just something when that cinnamon just hits your stomach. I mean, and it's ninety one point one proof. It's yeah, just, dude, it's brutal, man. There's something about Cinerator, bro. I mean... Yeah, like I can drink Jim Beam perfectly fine and not really throw up. It it just hit me now. Incinerator. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I don't know how that slipped by me all these fucking years. Wow. You ever have Aftershock? Um, I don't think so. I feel like I can picture the bottle in my head, though. Looks like an aftershave bottle with little fucking uh, rock candies growing in it. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I know what you're talking <laughs> about. Did you ever have, have you ever had, um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's um, it's like a vodka. I can't, it's like a fruit vodka and it tastes like Fruit Loops. Oh, uh, 99 Bananas? Uh, yeah, I think so. 99, well, there's 99 I don't I think, know. I think it's a night. They make a ninety nine loops. Yeah, this is this the yeah. That's the one. Yeah. yeah, me and my friends used to always get that and drink that all the time. And that used to be like a safe thing to like if we we're going to a party. Like we would bring bring that. Like you know, everybody would be yeah. down with that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's one that if somebody doesn't like them, doesn't like it, then you don't like them. You're like. <laughs> You're lying. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like your integrity is immediately brought into question if you're like, I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember bringing that to a party back in the day. and I'm actually going to look that up really quick. <laughs> brought it to a party back in the day, and I was working not like third shift, but we worked like 4.30 to 4.30. 
and I was at this party and I was supposed to go to work in like an like an hour. So I called in and I told them I was sick and there was this there was this like black guy with these really long dreadlocks and I remember like being on the phone and telling him I was sick and like holding the phone out and he like this black guy like made the throwing up noise like with his tongue out like <laughs> <laughs> Fucked. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Dude, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. Wow. Yeah, guys, I'm not gonna be- <laughs> <laughs> Oh fuck. Yeah, it didn't pop up under ninety nine loops, so I'm gonna look. I feel like it was something loops. Like the bottle had like the little circular loops in the back of it that you could see. Is it three olives loopy? That yeah, might, that I think might be that, what I'm thinking I think, of. Yeah, I think that might be it. That might be what I'm thinking of. Because, yeah, I can I can see the bottle. Like, yeah, you're looking through it, and it's got Fruit Loops on the back. <sighs> Fuck. Yeah, dude, there's there's a lot of good alcohols out there. Not going to lie. Yeah. There's a lot of good ones. I used to drink a lot of vodka when I was younger, but mainly just a whiskey guy now. Other than the Loops, what was your go-to vodka? Oh, man, back in the day, me and my friends used to get, like, UV blue and just oh, yeah. smash it and mix it with fucking Mountain Dew and drink it like <laughs> savages. Dude, that's... You can't do that, dude. UV blue and Mountain Dew, dude. Yeah, it Baja tastes like Baja Blast, Blast yeah. <laughs> Getting Baja Blasted, bitches. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's actually a pretty good hack. Um... I was trying to remember I had I had one that you might have had a run in with. I think it was I think it was triple sec and seven up is what we would run. Oh, fuck. It tasted kinda like a like a crushed soda. Doing it like that. But I got fucked up a couple too many times on the triple sec. And it's <laughs> like I can't even I can't, dude. I can't. There's a few I can't drink. Have you got any that you can't get into? Like I can't drink? Yeah. Like, that are just disgusting? Well, that or it brings back like a time that you got too hammered uh, on UV it. blue. UV- <laughs> Three olives. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I'm trying to think. <laughs> man, I just remember when I first graduated high school, moved out of my parents' house, just drinking so much and just trying so much different kind. <laughs> Shit, man. Before you were 21? Or? Yeah. Yeah, yep. That's when, it yeah. That, that's when it happens. Yeah, UV blue was a big one for a minute, but then we kind of stopped. Everybody was puking, fucking looking like Smurfs. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and all your stomach contents is dyed blue. Yeah. You're like, is this it's good? Not worth it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when I, before 21, man, I was, there's a lot of shit I can't drink, like, uh, not pop off, 5 o'clock, can't do it, oh. can't do it. We did try a thing where uh, you filtered it through a Dasani filter, or Dasani, a fucking Brita filter, like, you just have a little pitcher and you just keep filtering that shit, every time you get bored, you fucking, whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah. you know what I mean, put a little in there, fill the pitcher. Do that like five times, and it's a little better, but it's still not like a Grey Goose or a Belvedere. You know what I mean? It's not. <laughs> it's not good. 
It's not good. You ever tried gin? I think so. None. No particular experience like comes out to in my mind, but I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Maybe next time I'll get a little thing of sapphire and have a couple gin and tonics. I don't. I like gin. I just, for whatever reason, I, my palate's kind of gone more toward whiskey and beer, like a good stout. You know what I mean? I like stout. I like sour shandies, IPAs, and like a gin is almost too soft on the palate, if that makes sense. Like that might be why I don't fuck with ciders that much. I'll enjoy ciders. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm enjoying the fuck out of this, but to me it's just like really like fruit roll up sweet. You know what I mean? It's fucking good, dude. Yeah, it's not going to get you like super fucked up or anything, but. I mean, six of them would. Yeah, six (laughs) of them would. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, six of them would, dude. And they'd go down easy. Like, you ever have a fucking, your mom ever buy fruit snacks for the house? Oh, yeah. You ever have a day where, like, she leaves early or you're just feeling froggy, so you sneak a couple extra packs? <laughs> I still do that with my kids as fruit snacks. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, what, that's what these would be, dude. Yeah. It's like, oh, I can do one or two more of them fucking tasty fuckers. Before you know you're crawling to the living room. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Yeah. How'd I get here? Yeah. Good shit. Good shit. <laughs> I was just trying to think of uh, maybe another drink that you might enjoy. You do, do you like Long Islands? Yeah, Long Islands are good. Okay. I remember, have you ever had an electric lemonade before? That sounds familiar. It's like vodka and lemonade and something else, and it's like blue. My uh, mm. My sister-in-law got married, and I had a fucking bunch of those at her wedding and got Oh, that was like one of the most drunkest I've ever gotten. <laughs> I was going to sleep in the car. My wife was making me come upstairs because we lived in this apartment complex at the time. We had to walk up all these stairs and I was like crying that I just wanted to sleep in the car and <laughs> she wouldn't leave me alone. <laughs> Damn, dude. She, you wake up in the morning, windows are cracked. You're like, thank God she cracked. No, she loves me. <laughs> that, was a, that was a bathroom night. We've all had bathroom nights. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yep, you wake up between the toilet and the wall. Oh, yeah. It's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Your yeah. neck's all stiff. <laughs> just splayed out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Bathroom nights are fun nights up until that point. Yeah, dude. up until you get to the bathroom. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, electric lemonades. It sounds so familiar. I can't. I can't picture a time where I've had a specific electric lemonade, though. I was thinking it was more like a, like a Mike's Hard or something, but vodka, lemonade, and like a Sprite or something, or like yeah, some I think blue, so. blue Caraco, a little splash of Caraco in there. Um, now that you say the blue Caraco, I'm pretty sure that was in there too. Mm. I can fuck with some blue Caraco. <laughs> yeah. Dude, blue Caraco has actually fixed a lot of, a lot of drinks in my life, bro, where I had this five-gallon pail I would just make mixed drinks for, like, a party. Like, throughout the week, I'd be getting orders, or somebody would be like, hey, you know, let's do this on Friday, or let's make a five-gallon pail for Euchre on Wednesday, or just whatever, dude. So there'd be days I'd, I think I've told this before, but there'd be days I'd, like, be in Kroger's, 
fucking just get a shit ton of oranges or lemons or whatever the fuck they wanted. You know what I mean? Sometimes you get some melon. And then I just make it by the pitcher full because I had a blender. And I would just fill this five-gallon pail by the pitcher. And uh, halfway through, I was smashed because I would sample every pitcher yeah. just to make sure it was the right blend going in. And then, uh, you know, you just do a sample at the end of it, make sure it's good. And there'd be times where somebody would be like, let's do blueberry lemonade. And it's like, sounds easy, but it's tough because getting enough blueberries to flavor. The already powerful lemonade. Yeah, it's tough. And then you throw some sugar in there. You can cheat and do like a blueberry smirnoff to help with the flavor. But it's just not enough to to do like one that's that I would say is like top tier. And there'd be times, dude, I'd have one and it'd be like, I need to go get some Caraco, dude. So you go get a thing of blue Caraco, even though it's not blueberry flavored, crack that bitch open. There's a gloop, 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 the whole thing right in there, dude. And it just, I don't know what it was, but it like bound whatever blueberry was in there with the lemon. They came out good. Hell yeah. They came out good. That thing has saved me a lot. All this is just making me remember just that, like, brief window of when you're just becoming an adult and, like, you and your small group of friends are, like, finding your way with alcohol. Like, you don't (laughs) really know how to drink or, like, what you're supposed to do. Like, I remember, like, just hanging out with my friends one day and... Like we were getting ready to go to McDonald's and we met up with my one friend, Dan, and he was just like hanging out, drinking Kahlua, just drinking it out of the <laughs> bottle. And it's like, all right, Dan's drinking Kahlua tonight. Damn, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Just shit like that, man. It's just, you know, just dumb stuff. <laughs> just makes good memories. Ah, dude, white Russians, though. Yeah, but he was drinking it just out of the yeah, bottle. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, I remember that. I will never forget that sitting in the Mount Pleasant McDonald's parking lot and just him in the back seat drinking the Kahlua out of the bottle. Fuck. How old was he? I don't know, man. We were like probably like 20. Okay, so he's got a little bit of lenience. Yeah. So he's got a little bit of lenience. Once you turn 21, you start to lose your... There's about six months where you can be like, all right, you've been 21 for six months. You've had six months to walk into liquor stores legally, look at the selection, and you know your taste better than anybody. So you have six months to start making wise decisions. But when you're kind of relying on somebody to fucking pick you up. Dude, this is good. Trust me. Yeah, exactly. You hand them 50 bucks and they get you like a A 12. Yeah. Or a fifth. It's like, fuck, dude. Yeah, they didn't have what you wanted, but this was like the closest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was 30 35.99. It's like, "What? No way. That's crazy." And then you start going in there and it's like 20 bucks. Yeah. Like that, those you know how much money I could have saved. <clears throat> Just builds character, man. And then those people would be like, "Hey, where's my beer tip? Where's where's my buy tip?" It's like, "You don't yeah. get a tip for being how about I don't call the cops for, you know, buying me fucking alcohol, you piece yeah. of shit? Oh, dude, I remember this one time we were at this party and this random guy just was like, I'm going to go to the store and get some beers. And I barely knew who it was. And I was like, I'll go with you. And he's like, hell yeah. <laughs> and he went into the gas station and he, he came back out with two King Cobras. And we just like fucking drove and back to the party sipping on those King Cobras. <laughs> Yeah, this, like, shit that, like, I wouldn't, like, 
go out and like tell my kids to like do but like if you're being careful about it like makes good memories you know as long as you're not getting in trouble or yeah yep uh (laughs) i can vibe with that i wouldn't be telling my kids hey let's let's talk to your friends about uh this alcohol situation you know what i mean let's let's point you in a direction where you're not drinking shit because at that point it's like embarrassing right well no in a way yeah because it's like you show up to a party with high-end vodka or fucking whatever it's like look at this sophisticated fuck but it's like everybody else is drinking pop off and bush yeah like he brings gray goose yeah dude like you don't want to be that guy but once you can start being that guy legally you go into the store you buy some you make a mixed drink at home that's that's a different game but like when you're around your peers like brett and i were talking fucking community coolers were a thing. Like, we'd all be like, hey, how much money have you got? It's like, well, I got 15 in cash. All right, cool. Give me it. It's like, what? It's like, g- give me your 15. I'm going to put 20 in. And then before you know it, you got 50 bucks. It's like, what beer are we getting? It's like, well, let's get this and that. It's like, all right, well, we can get two 24s, 24 of each. Or how many people are going to be drinking this? And then it's like one or two people are like, I'll, I'll drink Bud Light. Everybody else is like, fuck that. Get Budweiser. It's like, we're getting Budweiser, bud. Hell like, yeah. you're going to have to put up with Budweiser. Yeah, you know? just that communal experience, man. It's just yeah, and then beautiful. It's, it's literally, hey, throw me a beer. And it's not, which one? Or, hey, how many of those are left? It's just, we have beer? Cool, I'll take one. You know? Yeah, my parents um, <laughs> my parents were always, like, really reserved about alcohol and stuff. So, like, when I got older, I had no idea, like, what was good or what wasn't good. Like, I had absolutely <sighs> no clue, like... That's not bad. I mean, let me ask you No, this. it's not a bad thing. Like, I'm not trying to make it sound like, like no, I'm no. an alcoholic <laughs> or anything. Like, I have, like, three angry orchards a night. Sometimes on the weekends I'll drink some Jim Beam. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I was going to dig into that a little bit. I wasn't going to leave yeah. it. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, I was just trying to think of, like, my next follow-up question. Which one would be best? Because I got a couple. Do they consume alcohol? No, not really. Okay. So then that kind of voids the rest of my questions. Because I was going to say, like, if they do consume alcohol, do they consume it out of your sight? Or would they kind of, like, make a speech about it as they were drinking? Or would they kind of flaunt it a little bit? Like, hey, I'm going to have a beer, you know? Um. Well, it's my um, dad's uncle. Like, my all my grandma's, like, a couple of my grandma's siblings, I think, had uh, drinking problems and stuff. And... So, um, yeah, I mean, but my mom, like my mom will drink, like she'll go, she has this camping trip that she goes on with all of her friends every year. It's the second weekend in August of every year. And I wasn't really sure what she did, but my wife goes with them every year and my mom gets shit faced. Like my mom (laughs) will put on, I love my mom will put on Thunderstruck and says every time they say thunder we're taking a shot damn but that's not like the person that like i was around when i was a kid like you know like my mom's able to balance that like pretty well but she's doing thunderstrokes yeah but she's doing thunderstruck and fucking shit-faced dude i love i love hearing that i love hearing that she's a champ she can she's really good at balancing it out like she won't drink like anything all all year and then we'll do that 
So what? So on her trip, does she go like canoeing or like? Yeah, what's it's a canoeing the, trip. Okay. And she's just getting shit faced day one, or I think so. I Fuck, don't. I don't dude. ever really ask too many questions. And then she's um, in a canoe for how long? Like the like a week long trip? You again, said? I don't. It's like a weekend. I don't ask <laughs> many questions. I mean, more power to her, dude. Not going all year, so might take like five shots and she's smashed. But the thing is, like, I've personally found hangovers come harder when you drink intermittently and then you just get drunk. And then I, I wake up for the next couple of days. I can hydrate right off the bat. Next couple of days, it's like I could feel it, you know. So I can't imagine going canoeing for the weekend, getting smashed day one, and then being miserable in the canoe in the sun, you know, trying to fucking hydrate, and the sun is just beating down on you, dude. She's got that Irish Scott blood, so okay. she's good. She's good, yeah, she's good. That's all I needed to hear. Dude. Yeah. Fuck, should have led with that. Yeah, her maiden name's <laughs> Kelly. She's good. Yeah, she, <laughs> yeah, she dropped the O. Second generation, yeah. second generation dropped the O because they had a family feud, you know? You yeah. can be the O Kellys, we're just the Kellys. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually how a lot of that shit worked out. Oh, yeah. There's there's a lot of different Frisbees that are around and not related to any of them, but I'm sure somewhere down the line there's three brothers that got pissed off yeah. at each other and we're like, E-E. I E E Y E Y motherfucker. Yeah. You're the E Y. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I remember um in Back to the Future Part Three when they're in the Western, like um uh Marty like picks up a pie tin and like throws it like a frisbee and it says Frisbee's Pie Company on it and yeah. it's spelled exactly like my last name. No shit. Yeah. I always thought that was so cool because it's one of my my favorite movies I have, the tattoo of the right. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. The DeLorean? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't, do you believe in coincidences like that? What do you mean? Like, just the fact that that's one of your favorite movies and then you catch. The Frisbee Pico thing? Yeah. I caught that, I didn't catch it at first. I thought, I caught that in high school, but I always thought that that was so cool. It is. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it is, dude. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to keep harping on drinking, but now I'm thinking about it, dude. It's like we haven't even really touched on your, uh, I mean, a little bit of partying, but you said you're a whiskey guy now, more of a whiskey guy. Yeah, Wh- for the most part. Or bourbon, part. bourbon and cider. Yeah, whiskey, bourbon. My mom got me a whiskey barrel for Christmas, and it's like a table, and it's got like this glass top on it. It's really nice. I have it in my basement in my bar. Bro. You have to come over and check it out. Dude, I do. I do. I know. You've been moved in for over, what, going on two years now? Yeah. Fuck. And I haven't been over. Yeah. Life, life, bro. Well, you know what it was? Because I've had... I I broke it down one day because I was kind of in a funk. And I was like, how come, I was feeling sorry for myself a little bit. I'm like, how come I'm so busy? I have so much shit going on, but I'm sitting here right now not doing anything. And I haven't been over to several of my friends' houses or hung out with anybody and going on three years almost. And you know what it was? COVID. Yeah. When COVID hit, dude, right off the bat, I was, when the vaccine talk started, that divided 
quite a few of my friends, you know. But then, like, even with my grandparents, dude, I wasn't going over there. And if I was, I was, like, really timid. Like, I wouldn't hug my grandparents just for care for them. You know what I mean? I didn't want to pass anything along. I'd kind of keep my distance while I was there. And it was, like, it was the same, dude. Like, you have kids. We didn't know how it affected kids at the time. So it's, like, once you start breaking habits, it's easier like smoking once you're okay with not smoking like i'm always gonna want a cigarette like i smell cigarettes every day walking in from break or whatever you know what i mean or from lunch and it's like they always smell good to me but the habit's broken and i've kind of given it the i know i'm gonna smell cigarettes and it's like i feel i've kind of tied that in with my social life like i feel like covid's really changed the way i interact even though we're through it because it's like I know how some people feel, and I don't want to have that debate, even though I don't mind going over their house or hanging out with them or whatever. But then there's also the friends like you where it's like I have the habit that was broken at hanging out or inviting anybody over or whatever, having bonfires even. I haven't had a fire here in almost two years because nobody comes over. And it's like I feel like a lot of that's tied to that because it's like I'm going to want to hang out. But then in the back of my mind, it's like, but it's, it's a habit that was broken. You know what I mean? I don't really know how to put it in words, but. Yeah. I mean, taking all the political bullshit of that off the table completely, it's, bro, that shit was traumatizing. I mean, for the last hundred years, nobody has ever had to go through anything remotely close to that. I mean, and there's since, you know, the last 20 years ever questioning the faith of our government and then you know you're pretty much told you have to stay inside your house it's rough i mean and then it's just it's rough man i mean mike benji was born in 2019 so i mean and this it's affected him his whole life bro like he's never been around kids his own age it wasn't uh okay apparently okay until uh what January or some shit when yeah. it was declared over? Yeah, like they just stopped wearing masks. Whatever. I'm not. Just, yeah, no, I don't I, like to talk I, about the. I, I, I get shit. it, dude. I get it. I get it. But stuff like that, like it's traumatizing, man. I mean, it's you ha- that gives you PTSD, man. And it affected everybody. Yeah, literally everybody. Like, and it's sad. I noticed it because you know I lost my grandma last last September, and I noticed it probably elevated more with my grandpa because like when i see him i'd always used to give him a hug when i saw him we'd hang out and then i'd hug him when i left and now it's like even when i hug him when i'm leaving like in the back of my mind i'm like i feel a little guilty i feel like this is for me when i know he doesn't care and he wants the hug but i still feel like i'm not really timid but just like and it's not really socially awkward i just you can like, if you were my grandpa and I were to hug you, you would probably feel the difference from 2019 to now. You'd be like, he's hugging me different. Like, it's not that the passion's not there in the hug, not that I'm not holding him or squeezing him tight, but it's like, maybe I'm stiffer because I have that stress, that tension that, like, is this going to get him sick? And then am I going to be responsible for a hospital stay or, worst case scenario, his death because I wanted to give him a hug, you know? And it's like, I feel like a lot of that's just the government 
fucking with our heads, dude. Honestly. Like, I don't know. Like you said, I don't want to get into it. But, dude, I could get into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that would lead down so many fucking rabbit holes. But that's Dark the thing. Dark rabbit holes. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the thing is, like, long story short, I feel like it's kind of translated into my social relationships with my friends, even family. You know, like, I don't know, man. It's upsetting. Like, I can feel my family's kind of, we weren't the tightest to begin with. My grandma kind of held everybody together, and now she's gone. Yeah, man, that kind of happened to my family, too. Just different people view situations differently and think you react to certain ways that other people disagree with. I mean, and it just, yeah, and it fucking breaks people, man. It's sad. That's what I was going to say is it's sad because at the end of the day, we're family. How many Christmases have we had? Yeah, we're going to have disagreements because we're fucking people. But, like, what is it that grandma had, your grandma, my grandma, what is it that they had that they were doing behind the scenes that brought everybody back together when my uncle would call my grandma and be like, I mean, just just a hypothetical. I don't know if this actually happened, but, like, if my uncle Matt called my grandma and was like, what the fuck's going on with Mike? You know what I mean? Like, why why is Mike, which is his brother, it's like, why is he, you know... And then what is it that my grandma said or did? Or what was it, that connection that, why is Jarrell doing this shit? Or did you see that Jarrell did this that played that down and brought everybody back together? Like, is it the third-party filter instead of them coming to me or them going to each other and being like, hey, what is this? Like, do we really need a mediator? Like, we're fucking adults now, you know? Like, I don't know, man. I've thought about that a lot. I have. Because, again, like... It's stressful, man. Yeah, it's man. Like you said, PTSD is honestly exactly what it is because you see these people out driving with masks still or they're fucking walking and they've got a mask on in case they bump into someone. And it's like you don't understand. It's like trust the science that it's, you're outside. You're safest when you're outside. You're safest when you're in your car alone. Like, what is this? You're actually putting more stress on your respiratory system. Wearing that mask in your car alone, then, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Like you said, I don't want to get into it. I'm starting to get into it. But. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, I'm uh, <clears throat> going to ask you a question. I see you finished your Angry Orchard. No pressure. I know you brought a cooler with them. But uh, did you want to try a Lemon Rattler? What's that? I'll try it. Sounds good. It's a porch rocker. It's, uh, it's a Sam Adams. Ooh, hell yeah. It's a lemon rattler. It's kind of like a shandy, but better, in my opinion. In my opinion. No pressure. I'll try it. I don't okay. care. Okay. I just told you I was open-minded. I don't okay. care. <laughs> yeah, if you don't like it, be honest. That's, this is a live review podcast. I just popped a Guinness. What do you think? That's pretty good. It's got that, like... It has like a. It's going back in. <laughs> yeah. It's got that. It has like a, that regular beer flavor where it's like you get those hints of wheat, but that lemon comes through and it's like really nice. Dude, it like coats the palate. Coats the palate. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, that's become one of my one of my go tos. 
Like, that could be an all-day, everyday beer, just like a Guinness for me, even though it's on the exact opposite end of the spectrum. Well, not exact opposite, but it's on the opposite end. Yeah, I like the label. And the name. Yeah. Like, I could sit there and watch about anything from my front porch with a fucking cooler full house, dude, just rocking in my chair. You know, or a porch swing. Porch, yeah. porch swinger doesn't sound as good, though. It sounds, sounds kind of slutty, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my parents have a porch swing. Yeah. It's very slutty. Everybody can see you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at them up there just fucking swinging. Yeah. Who do they think they are? <laughs> oh, let me guess. They're going to walk in and turn the porch light. Oh, look at that. Porch light's on. They want us to see them just a swing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah, so your dad, though, does he... Fuck with the alcohol much or? My dad has PTSD, so he can't really drink that much. Like, he's not like an alcoholic or anything, but just doesn't really mix well that much. So, but that stays away from it. And that's wise. Now he's got um, some medical stuff going on where he can't really drink or even smoke cigarettes now. So, yeah, we were talking about that a little bit, which we don't have to get into it, but, uh, I was just kind of curious because you were saying they were reserved on it. You gave us your mom's side, so I was just kind of curious about how your how your dad's interaction with alcohol was. Also, you know, obviously, I don't think they're going out to the bar if you say they're reserved. Like, hey, you know, hang out with your brother. We'll be back, and then yeah, what no. time, mom? Midnight, and then it's three o'clock. They're stumbling in, laughing. You know, fucking no. I mean, I remember <laughs> like me and my dad have driven to go see my brother at college and like we've went to the bar and we've all done like Jaeger bombs together and stuff. So like he'll like, he'll do it, but it's not like heavy. Yeah. Like he's not like just going home and casually just cracking. Sip, yeah. Just <laughs> sipping on a couple beers a night. That's good, man. That's good. So how do you think you're gonna, <clears throat> I know you also mentioned your kids and you're not going to just tell them, not to, but also not how to do it. Like, how do you think you're gonna, your relationship with alcohol is gonna be portrayed to them? You know what I mean? Because obviously they're probably gonna be seeing you drink beers. I mean, yeah. they do now. So, like, when those questions come up or you've gotta have the talk, like, how do you think you're gonna try and portray the interaction? I know it's a st- steep ask. Just off the top of your head. No, I mean, like, I think you... it's something that a lot of parents think about, man. So, I mean, it's always on their mind. For me personally, I mean, I would, I would say know your know your limits. Like, I I don't want my kids to think that like I'm an alcoholic or anything. So that's why I'm always like just like oh, just drinking three a night and like don't ever try to get too. Like, I don't ever try to get, like, hammered or anything. I like to ride the buzz. Like, I like the buzz. Yes. That's what I, that's what I like. I can respect that. I can respect that. But I also, like, I don't know, because it's like, I don't want my kids to, like, ride around town like I was doing and, like, (laughs) and shit. So it's like, I don't know, like, my grandpa's told me because my grandpa's, Portuguese and Catholic, like he, like, just as like a 12 year old, like, can I have a shot? Like, he would ask his mom, like, can I have a shot? And she's like, did you eat your dinner? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, then you can have one. 
Wow. Okay. And none of my grandpa's <clears throat> wow. or any of his, like, my grandpa doesn't have a drinking problem. Like, my Uncle Jimmy doesn't have, like, so, I don't know. I mean, I think just normalization. Yeah. Know your limits, you know. Honestly, dude, that is that is a big part of it. Like, I was going to, I was formulating a question in my head. And, well, I'll tell you what I was going to ask because it's not going to hurt. But I was going to say, like, what happens when Benji's 16, 17, he says, hey, Dad, can you drop me off at my buddy's house? Either you suspect or you know they drink a little bit, right? He's going to maybe stay the night going into Saturday, stay Friday night. What's your plans, Benji? Oh, we're going to have a fire. We're going to play video games or whatever the fuck. Like, how would you bring up drinking in that scenario? Like, would you tell him, hey, don't be drinking? Or would you, you know what I mean, kind of, I don't want to say level-headed because that's not, like, would you not make it the devil, in other words? Just remind him to be attentive? I think that I would... I would tell him not to drink or get drunk, but, like, I think that I would, like, leave, like, innuendos out there. You know what I mean? Like... Okay. Does does that make sense? It does, yeah. Where, like, I wouldn't, like, just straight up tell him, like, like, do this, you know, like, just leave those... I I don't know, but it's tough, though, you know, because it's, like, you accumulate so much good knowledge about how to, like, avoid hangovers and stuff over the years, like... Drink a bottle of water before you go to bed. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't know. I, I would tell him not to drink, but I would like to think, like. Dude, I know. Ideally, if my son's 16 or something and, and he, like, wants to have a beer or something, like, I, I don't know, Saturday night, like, I would let him, like, have one, see what it thinks. Like, not just, like, not that he's, like, casually allowed to just go and, like, grab one whenever <laughs> yeah. he's home, yeah. you know, but. It's tough, especially when they're at somebody else's house. It's like, what the fuck are their parents doing, you know? like Right, especially if you know there's alcohol in the house. Like, you know, because I know how I would, yeah, so. Uh, it's, dude, it's tough. I mean, in, in a sense, it is kind of situational when you bring that up. Yeah, it's so situational. Like, what are their parents like? Like, how much are they going to drink? Like, are, are they going to stay there? Like, are they being actually like watched by adult like you know what i mean like just so many factors like that like it's tough because i still want my kids to have a good time and like have fun and have you know good stories they can tell but (laughs) yeah i do but then on the flip side of that like i've thought about this a lot because my oldest daughter's 12 and i feel like i would have a different talk with her versus my son, because yeah. I feel like she's a lot more at risk. Yeah, you're because, absolutely right, man. Because not just with the alcohol itself, but the fact that somebody's maybe making you a drink. You know, maybe, maybe they spike it a little heavy with alcohol, or maybe they spike it with some sort of roofie. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that... So, yeah, no, now that you bring that up, I mean, it almost makes me feel shitty because, like, oh. yeah, because I have an older daughter, too, and I would have a totally different conversation than I would have with my son. Like, I would, because, like, I'm into true crime and shit, and 
95% of true crime is fucking women being taken advantage of and it's like I can't even I can't even watch a lot of it now that I have kids like I've softened up it's just same. too hard to watch but same it's yeah I would totally have a different conversation with her like you were saying like watch what people are drinking like watch how much people are drinking like don't let people take advantage of you like I wouldn't say that to my son off the top of my head like it's I don't you know it's well it's fucked up it's dude it's not and I mean we can dig into this a little bit while we're on it um, because I've really been thinking about this a lot because again, dude, like she's 12, right? She's closer to having a drink when I'm not around than she's ever been. And, um, one of the things I've kind of settled on and it's again, like you said, at first I felt like shit because I'm like, all right, you know, Leon, Kia, like, why am I going to have a different talk with her? And I kind of evaluated that first. And I'm thinking, okay, one, he's mainly going to be hanging around his guy friends. Guy friends are going to be the ones that are, in my experience, this is probably not true, maybe in your experience, the guys are usually the ones that are willing to take the risk to sneak alcohol away from their parents or to go and meet somebody, give them money, and get alcohol. Females, not so much. I've been approached by more of, of my brother's friends and my brother to get them alcohol than any chick that they were friends with. You know what I mean? I can think of like maybe two occasions. And then with her, with my daughter, I'm thinking, okay, maybe the happy medium is, or maybe the difference is I know that he's mainly going to be around boys. Where she's mainly going to be around like a co-ed experience. Where she's going to be drinking with some of her friends while they're around boys. Because maybe the attraction is that they have alcohol. So you go to them, right? So then I break that down. I know that's not every time. Because we all know some bitches that were fucking stealing shit from their parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are those. But I think the first thing I would have the conversation with her, or the first way I would address it is, don't drink around boys. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna sneak a drink, I won't be too upset as long as you're only hanging out with your girlfriends. The second I find out that there was a boy involved, then there's gonna be an exponentially larger issue. As long as you're hanging out with your girlfriends, that's one thing. And on the flip side with Leon, same thing. If I find out he's drinking with his guys, cool, okay? But the second I find out that they got in a fight over a chick because they were drunk or they invited a couple girls over or he snuck out to see a girl, he went and got drunk with a couple friends or drank with a couple friends and then went to see a girl, then there's going to be an exponentially larger issue because, again... Like you said, dude, 90%, 90-95% is the female being taken advantage of, and a lot of times there's an intoxicant involved. Not always alcohol, but a lot of times it is because it's the easiest to get your hands on. Second factor, they're young, right? They're starting their journey with alcohol, and I don't want it one to be ruined by the fact that 
they got taken advantage of or made a stupid mistake because you thought you were going to have sex with this girl or whatever, and then she was drunk, so now her parents find out and you're fucked because you were both drinking underage. I don't want that for him, and I don't want her to get taken advantage of because you want to see some boys and then push the domino. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, second factor, I look at the age. Like, the more experience you have, the wiser decisions you can make. But when you're just starting that journey, you're, again, you're underage, so you kind of go with the flow. You say, okay, this is what they could get. Well, that's on every facet. This is what they could get. Well, I don't know when I'll have access to it again. Maybe I will have another drink. Like, you almost don't know your limits. You can find them, but you almost don't know your limits even if you know your limit because... There's always that, well, I might not be able to get this again until next week. Right now, you and I fucking, we run out of beer. We can go get more beer. Yeah. An 18-year-old kid, 17-year-old kid, they can't do that shit. 16-year-old kid, okay, I can go steal some more vodka from my mom, but now I'm taking another risk. Like, there's a lot more factors to weigh out than just, yeah, I'm good. It's like, okay, you're good, but this is the last time we're probably going to be able to drink for a month because I got to let my mom forget about this fucking bottle that's half gone. You know what I mean? Or now she's going to catch on to us and we might as well party it up, you know? So there's that factor. But then there's also the factor of like the the decisions you make unimposed, not even the peer pressure, just the decisions you make in general. You get a little bit greased up. Like they say, liquid confidence. Maybe all of a sudden you're fucking, you're like, hey, you know, this thing that I would never do, I'm going to do. I maybe have my learner's permit and I have a curfew. I don't give a fuck. Let's go see this person. Let's go see our buddy. He's not answering his phone or whatever. Or, hey, you know, he's got Xbox 7 over there. Let's go play or PS7. Let's go play PS7. You know what I mean? Let's go. He's got a hot tub. Let's go drive three blocks away in a hot tub. And then you compound the fact that there's less driving experience with less alcohol experience. And so that's kind of some of the things I've I've thought about. Because, again, it's coming up quick for me. She just yeah, four years. 12. Yeah. It, well, maximum. I mean, I'm sure she's being offered the shit probably now, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> not, so, to, not to dox myself, but I, I got drunk for the first time at my mom's 30th birthday party when I was 12, like almost uh, 13, 13 in like a week. Yeah, I was 14, first time I got blitzed up. So I was also being guided by uh, adults, though. They were making sure I wasn't getting like too fucked up. See, I wasn't. Yeah. So there's, but again, that's also situational. Like you said, you feed Benji a beer. You say, hey, man, I know you see me drinking these. Want to try one? I know you're fucking curious. Yeah. You know what I mean? You let him have a beer. That's cool. Or a cider. Or a fucking half shot. You pour a half shot for him, shoot this. Yeah. And then you watch him for a half hour. You see how he feels, you know? But then you can also... I feel like by doing that, it's almost a little wiser because you can ask follow-up questions like, what did you think of that? How do you feel? You know what I mean? Did you notice how long it took before you actually felt a buzz? Because I know it's your first time taking a shot. 
I know you're going to feel it. You're fucking 100 pounds. You know what I mean? (laughs) How long did it take for you to feel it? And then you can kind of give some feedback like, hey, when you are drinking alone with your friends, because I know you're probably not going to tell me. I hope you do. I hope we have that mutual respect, but you're likely not. So when you are drinking alone with your friends, keep that in mind, that you took a shot and then it took a half hour before you even recognized the fact that it caught up with you. That way you're not just slamming drinks and then all of a sudden a half hour later, you're six shots in and now you're fucked up because you didn't take into effect, or you didn't take into account the fact that it's going to take time to hit your system. And then you ask the follow-up after that. You still feeling it? Ah, a little bit. Well, it's been two hours. So how long do you think it's going to take for you to come down after your eight shots over your fucking limit? You know? I mean... I almost feel it's impossible to talk to a kid without context. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can sit down and tell him, hey, I understand you have this video game problem. It's like, Dad, I don't ever see you playing video games. How do you understand? It's like, well, you don't see me playing them because, and then maybe you have a little bit of insight of some of the addictions that come with it, or the phone. Like, my phone's in my pocket all fucking day, but I know that if I don't, do my work I lose my job or if I don't drive I lose you or me and then you lose me you know what I mean so I feel like a lot of things you need the context and alcohol is one of the few that you can't really talk to them without letting them have a taste and it's looked down on in society unfortunately to let your kids drink with you but we'll send them overseas to fucking die before they can drink. Yeah, dude, that's or buy cigarettes now. That's absolutely fucking outrageous to me. Like, absolutely fucking crazy to me, dude. But we are in the age where you can just leave your vape laying around the house, and maybe your kid walks up and takes a rip, and you don't even know. But you miss a cigarette, you smell it on them, and you notice the cigarette's gone. Yeah, it's... So the nicotine, I feel like, is going to be a little easier to introduce because now there's not the dry smoke. There's the, hey, go ahead and take a rip on this. See how you feel. But sitting down with your kid having a cigarette, dude? <laughs> Fuck. Can you imagine, dude? <laughs> dude, I remember my first <laughs> cigarette like it was yesterday. Do you? Oh, dude, yeah. I can tell you where I was, what I was doing. What kind of cigarette was it? Salem. It was a Salem. Hell yeah. <laughs> Marlboro Red. Damn, for the starter? Yeah. I mean, menthols probably wasn't the way to start. Eventually switched it up to blacks after that, but the for a minute, yeah. yeah. What, what were you doing? Hunting with my uncle. Not to dox him or anything. No, that's fine. That's fine. I can't even remember how, what him. it was like. I just, I was like, I can't remember. I, I was like, what does that taste like? And he's just like, you want to try one? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I do. And like, How'd I remember, I, I felt pretty cool because he didn't say like, don't say anything to your mom. Like, cause that made me feel cool. Like he knows I'm not like. He knows I'm not like a weasel yeah. or anything. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. It's I have a weird relationship with uh, cigarettes because, like, I I don't know. Like, I smoked cigarettes like periodically when I was a teenager, and when me and Amber got together, and I, when I was like 21, I stopped smoking cigarettes for good. Like, 
and I don't... Can I ask why? I don't know, man. I just... Amber asked me to quit, and I just... I don't know. I didn't really want to, and... Love, dude. But I just... Yeah, I just did, um, because my dad could never quit smoking, so I wanted to prove that I could do it, and... Now, bro, like, I don't really have any desire to smoke a cigarette. Like, if I smell cigarettes, like, it makes me want to, like, fucking throw up. Really? Like, I hit my vape and I was walking into, back into the shop with Sean one day. And I, like, caught some of his cigarette smoke in my mouth and it was fucking disgusting. I have no desire to, like, I smell it. It's gross. Like. Really? Yeah. No, I don't have any desire to do that at all. Dude, that's. But I like cigar, though. Like, if I smell a cigar, I would want that. Hmm. That's curious. That's curious. I mean, it's a finer tobacco for sure. So, I mean, I can definitely... There's so much I shit that, that they put in cigarettes, though, too. Like, You know what? Yeah. I think that's a lot of what it is. Like, when I started smoking versus the cigarettes now... Like, I remember when cigarettes didn't have that F- FSC on yeah. the, the fire safe. Yeah, up until, like, 2008. Yeah. 2008. And those were fucking... <laughs> yeah. Those were good. That's what I started smoking on. And, like, I could tell once I could go into a store and buy cigarettes, it was, like, something's different. Like, I tried a bunch of different cigarettes, you know, but... Yeah, I eventually landed on Camel Crushes. Those are the... Bolds or regulars? Regulars. Those are my go-tos, bro. I used to love, like, fucking lighting that thing up and taking a couple puffs and just cracking that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So cool. Yeah. But if somebody handed me a Camel Crush now, like, I wouldn't really want to smoke it. Like, when all that shit was going on with, like, Brandon and, like, we... Like, I got everybody outside, and, like, that shit was, like, zero to 100. So I was, I was yeah. like, man, I could smoke a cigarette now. And Sean was passing out cigarettes, and, like, I, he asked me if I wanted one, and I told him no. Like, I didn't really even have to think about it. Like, I didn't want, want it. Yeah, in those situations, that's when you got to just hold strong. Yeah. You know, they come up, dude. Like I said, I was like, I could use a cigarette after that, but not in like a way where like, I need a cigarette. Like I want a cigarette, you know what I mean? Like it's like, I'm more like an experienced guy. Like I'll smoke, like I'll smoke if like the time comes, you know, like communal or something like if I'm drunk, but like, yeah. Yeah. But well, that's like, like, this is a time for a cigarette. (laughs) Yeah. That's like saying to me, that's like saying I could use a back rub. It's like, you want one? It's like, no. I'm in the middle yeah. of doing shit. Like, I, no. Like, now's not the time. You know, I, I can see that. Or, fuck, I could use a burger. Yeah. It's like, you, I'll make you one right now. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. You know. I don't know, man. So, Camel Crushes, huh? Yeah. I remember... Throwing my last pack out of my window. That was it. That was the last time I ever wanted to smoke a cigarette. I remember just lighting one up one day and just being like, I'm done. Just the whole pack gone? Yeah, just threw it out the window by all the corners, driving by. Damn. Wow. 
Some lucky dude that's picking up cans. Yeah, was some like, lucky ass motherfucker. For real, yeah. dude. He was like, thank God. I was picking up cans to get a pack of these. Yeah. Bro. Yeah, the uh, the cigarette thing, that, that actually intrigues me because I... I don't know, man. I guess I haven't smoked one in so long. It probably would taste like shit now. Yeah, like it's not even like on my radar to like want to smoke one. Like I smell them all the time at work, and it doesn't smell good. Like everybody stands in that circle and smokes cigarettes together. It smells like ass, and then like I'm working like on the dunk tank or something, and somebody hangs their coat up next to me that just got done smoking yeah. two cigarettes on break. It's like you maybe like not put that so close yeah. next to my coat on my coat yeah <laughs> yeah no I, I yeah i guess i could i can vibe with that because i don't know exactly how they would taste now but i still they, like walking through a circle of 10 people 15 people smoking all different cigarettes that does not smell good never does like even when i was smoking one of my old jobs we'd go out and we'd smoke cigarettes and there'd be like 10 15 people standing by the door smoking cigarettes and it's like I'd always walk away because you'd smell a Marlboro Light here and then a fucking Marlboro Red there and then a Camel Crush here and then like a Virginia fucking Virginia Bud Marble over yeah. there or Virginia Slim or a Newport. And it's like, oh, this motherfucker's got Winston's over here. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. dude. All them bitches mixed together. It's like, no. But out there smoking my Camel Blue or at the time it was like Golds or Bolts. So I smoked Camel Golds, Turkish Golds. Or uh, bolds, crushes. And once those the cr- crushes kind of faded away, dude, I just turned to camel blues. They were the closest thing there was, in my opinion. Just without the crush bead. But um, I don't know, dude. I love that. It's sad, but I love the flavor. I liked the flavor of a good cigarette. Like, there's a thing I would call copper mouth where you get like two, three beers in. And then you start to get, not a buzz, but you get like your mouth gets that glaze of having beers. And then it's like a cigarette with copper mouth. Perfect. Or like coffee. Something about the coffee and cigarette blend was just oh, like yeah. the best for me. So it'd be like, like that experience alone would be like, well, I got a cup of coffee, I guess. I'll go fucking smoke a cigarette and just enjoy the blend, you know, but it's like. I don't know how the flavor would be now, but I still, if I'm just walking somebody by somebody smoking like an individual cigarette, not every time. Newports don't really get to me like that. Um, a lot of the marbles don't. Like a marble light still might. The special blend lights still might. A red definitely will. But if it's a camel, dude, I know it's a fucking camel. I think that was even their, their thing for a while would be like, Something about you'd walk a mile for, or no, there was a golfer, I think. He was like, I'd walk a mile for a camel. But then they also kind of branded the fact that their cigarettes were aromatic. And it'd be like, you know a camel when you smell one or something like that. It's like. Yeah, like they burn differently. Yeah, and they do. Like, (laughs) for a while, I would smoke the non-filtered, you know. Yep. Yep. If I remember right, Amber actually used to smoke. Newport uh, 100s. Newport 100s, and then uh, she went to Camel Regulars, and that confused the fuck out of me, because one day I was really wanting a fucking menthol, and I asked her for a cigarette, and I got 
a regular. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck is this? By the time we met, she was back on Newport. <laughs> was she? Yeah. She she talks about cigarettes like you talk about cigarettes. I don't get it. <laughs> like, personally. Like, I'm not trying to sound, like, stuck up. No, 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 like... dude. No, that's 100%. 100%. Dude, that's fair. <laughs> like, I always just had more of a good time, like, hitting a hookah or something rather than smoking a cigarette. Like Hookah's enjoyable. Yeah. Hookah's enjoyable. Dangerous. I burned some apartment carpets with hookahs, dude. Yeah, dude, them coals fall. <laughs> yeah. Nobody has the balls to pick them up. It's like, no. find something. Find something. Nobody, sh- nobody should have the balls to pick it up, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. It's been a long while since I've lit up one of those coals. Yep. The best. You light that one corner in the sound. Cr- yes, dude. You light one corner and watching <coughs> that shit grow. Hell yeah. Yeah. Glow when you hit it. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, bro. I remember getting sent home early from third shift one day and getting home at like two o'clock in the morning and just fucking busting the hook out and like turning on Friday the 13th. Like, let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Speaking of hookah, I guess, what was your uh, favorite shisha? Seeing as how you had one, you got home and lit one. It's hard to say, man. It's been so long since I've... Probably pretty just similar to these, like the grape or blueberry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a... Uh, I can't remember where it was. I think it might have even been Sally's or Sally's hookah lounge. They made their own in-house. And they had, like, this fucking blue raspberry apple. Bro. Hell yeah. And then they had a cinnamon one. I can't remember what it was, but it was something cinnamony. Bro. So good. And it didn't matter. Like, after a while, if you didn't clean your hose out, it all tasted the same, you know? (laughs) But those didn't matter, dude. Like, you'd light a bowl, and, like, you knew what was in it. Like, it was so... Dank. You know what I mean? Like, it was so dank. And my favorite one to mix the weed with was that blue rass apple. Like, did you ever mix weed with your hookahs? Never got the chance. I was never brave enough to. <sighs> Bro. It's too hard to get. Didn't want to waste it. <laughs> That's respectable. Yeah. That's respectable. You, I know you've smoked, uh, like, a blunt. Similar feeling, but just amplify the tobacco, the nicotine side by, like, five. Like, you'd be mellow, but then that weed would take over your mellow. And it was just, like, the fact you say Friday the 13th, that's kind of where I was, what I was thinking. is like, that'd be a good one to sprinkle a little bit of fucking weed yeah. up onto that foil, dude, because that'd be hella vibes. Oh, it was it was in the mix that night, probably, for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, fuck, dude. Uh that was quite a tangent. I think yeah, bro. I did not think we were going to talk for an hour and 18 minutes about that. That was really random. But Jesus Christ. Yeah. 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 And I, we didn't even really stick on your... We got on the whiskey a little bit, but then we branched off into fucking God knows where. Dude. I think we covered it all, man. Yeah. 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 Well, no, we didn't. What's, what's your whiskey? Jim Beam Apple. Okay. Jim Beam Apple. You don't fuck with rum? It's all right. I got Captain Morgan. I'll bust out, but it's not okay. like I don't ever yearn for it or anything. Okay. Just whiskey. Mm-hmm. That's really what I, if I'm ever going to drink anything hard, I'll go for whiskey. 
Well, if you're feeling up to it after uh, you got your beer, I can, I mean, even if it's just core, I'll let you put whatever you want in your glass, if you want some, no pressure, because I got some of that Jack honey in there. I'll try some, bro. <clears throat> yeah, it's completely up to you how much you want, if any at all, so. I might need to take a piss, though, real quick. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> all right, my go bad. Ahead no. Okay, we're back. Post piss. Yeah. You'll have that. Well, what I think I'm going to do right meow, pour me up a little jack. Like I said, dude, hope, hopefully going to be out of that bitch tomorrow at like, I'm shooting for noon. Yeah, I think, I think I was talking to t at the end of the day. I think we're only going to have to do like eight or ten boats and we have most of them done already there's mm -hmm. like a 27 we got to push through and a couple 23s but let me get some of that oh okay yeah not to be interested no 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 you're dude you're completely it's fine it's been a minute since i've had any so i'm like can't remember what it tastes like yeah you're completely fine oftentimes i'll i'll have one poured up because i drink it neat so I'll have it poured up, and I'll drink half of it while it's uh, cold, and then I'll finish my beer and drink the other half when it's warm. Hell yeah. I have granite stones I'll put in my whiskey and stuff. That, Bomb. Yeah. Bomb, dude. That's You know what? That's the next level of class. Like, I got to get you some mustache wax, bro. <laughs> <laughs> For real? I'm not even kidding. Let me know if that gets too hot, too. I'm good, man. Okay. I'm perfectly content. Okay, cool. Because it, it will heat up in here pretty quick. But anyway, dude, uh, public domain. <laughs> Hell yeah, public domain. Let's go. Yeah, so what, what questions you got, bro? Uh, let me pop up a couple, bro. Let me pop up a couple for you. Let me see. Let me see what we got. Let me see what we have. All right, so first off, what is public domain? Okay, so... I did actually copy down the definition because I figured you were going to ask me that. Okay. <laughs> so the public domain is the state of belonging or being available to the public as a whole and therefore not subject to copyright. So like a copyright is what stops like a work of art from being in the public domain. So like okay. key thing, like major things that are in the public domain that instantly comes to people's minds are like... Frankenstein, Dracula, yep, like stuff like that. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so, public domain. Is it just material you can use without paying for or like like how like how does that work? So, any piece of art that's that is made has like a copyright on it. Like the copyright can expire, like, people can, like, fail to, like, uh, what's the word, like, re-up their copyright or whatever, but, like, any piece of art that is created, like, it's, like, the life of the author plus 70 years is when that their art is able to, like, finally come into the public domain, but, like, if you have something like... Plus 70 years? Yeah, So, but like if you have something like Star Wars or Mickey Mouse, that's 95 years because that's like a group of people created that. So it's not just like one guy. So like a corporation? Yeah. Okay. It gets kind of muddy because in 1978, Mickey Mouse was supposed to like in the near future go into the public domain, but Disney lobbied 
hard. So in like 1978, they changed all these laws and stuff about like what can and can't go into the public domain. And so like, that was Disney that. Yeah, that was Disney that changed the <laughs> copyright law because next year Mickey Mouse goes into the public domain. Yeah, and then everybody can just print Mickey shirts or make Mickey cartoons. Yeah, but or... I have, I actually was reading this article. I have a s- snappet of it that I'll read to you and it might answer some questions. So Mickey Mouse goes into the public domain in 2024, January 1st, 2024. Okay. And this is what this article says about like key like issues or whatever. So it says Disney's Disney's trademarks will still be protected as unlike copyrights, trademarks have no time limit. Therefore, it is possible that you may not be able to use the name Mickey Mouse, but it's okay to use his image. Elements of Mickey Mouse's appearance will still be protected. For example, Mickey Mouse did not wear white gloves until 1925. Accordingly, Mm. you will have to wait another year to include them. It will therefore be important to stay close to the representation of Mickey Mouse as he appeared specifically in 1924. Another area of caution is around the use of color. The 1924 Mickey Mouse was color and white, or black and white. He did not appear in color until 1935. As a result, we may have to wait until the year 2035 until we can begin creating color renderings. What? So Hold on. So... As, like, a character, so Mickey Mouse appears in 1924. Yeah, he hits the scene. So, automatically, in 95 years, he's coming into the public domain. But that's as he is specifically depicted in that year. Like, as he is originally depicted. Okay. Was that the Steamboat Willie years? Yeah. Okay. So that's what they're talking about. Like he can't have color. Like he can't have gloves. He can't be colored. Like all those specific things. That's how they kind of weave around. Like they're weaving around um, protecting Mickey Mouse because wow, you can trademark elements of of a character, but like you can't do it to keep it out of the like. Like, you can't extend the copyright to keep it out of the, the public domain. Like, you can't really do anything to keep it out of the public domain. So, Superman was released. Superman came out in 1938. So, that would make it 2033. He comes into the public domain. But you can only depict Superman as he appeared in Action Comics number one. And it's not as you would think. So, like, you can't include (laughs) any elements that were introduced in the Superman lore along the way. So, like, in Superman number one, there's no kryptonite. There's no Lois Lane. He can't fly. Like, so you can't do any of that. So it's, you see what I mean? Yeah, so you kind of got to pay attention to what was going on 95 years previous. Yeah. Like, to the date. Yeah, and it's so, like, a character like Sherlock Holmes just recently entered the public domain but like you can't include later sherlock holmes story like stuff that happened in later sherlock holmes stories because you he's domained up yeah (laughs) so let me ask this then and this is just playing devil's advocate 1924 did they have color capabilities um, because I feel like they you, definitely had the ability to do it, but like the camera like capacity and just how expensive it was 
was outrageous because The Wizard of Oz came out, I think, in 1939, and that movie's in color, and no yeah. movie is in color like that until like the late 1960s. So Yeah, I was going to guess 37. It's just a financial issue because you can still see... Uh, Warner Brothers cartoons, some of them are colored from the 30s. It's just a budgetary thing, like... <sighs> hmm. Because I almost feel like there could be an argument to be made about the capabilities of the time, but if... That's a good point. They were capable in 39, definitely. But the fact of the matter is, he's in black and white, so... Right. So, that's where you're stuck. You know, he's only has black eyes, so you can't have your normal white Mickey Mouse with the black pupils. Like it has right. to be. Yeah, I, dude, I I do like Steamboat Willie. That that Mickey is like honestly my favorite. Like his like his whistle sequences. Yeah, are some of my favorites, dude. He's gonna be in the public domain next year. I got his pen on my backpack. It's going to be... You do. You do. It's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens because Winnie the Pooh entered the public domain last year. Oh, did he? Yeah, and there's a Winnie the Pooh movie, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Oh, that's It's like right. a horror movie. That's right. Yeah, so that's in the case of Winnie the Pooh is created by this guy, A.A. Milne, and he wrote this book, and Disney ended up getting the copyright to make the movie. So when... He dies after 70 years, it goes into the public domain, but if you include anything from Disney's version of Winnie the Pooh, like, you're not... No-go? It's a no-go. Like, it has to be anything that appeared in the original work, specifically. Hmm. It's really interesting, because there's a lot of ways to, like, skirt around it, because James Bond was supposed to enter the public domain in like 2015, but he's only in the public domain in Canada. How's that work? I don't know how it works. I was trying to read about it before I came here, but it's just weird because I think that that has to do with like a lot of his shit is tied into film rights and those, the Sean Connery movie didn't come out till like 1967. I can see that. That's another thing that like interests me so much about like this public domain stuff because right now, like it's just like a bunch of random like characters and stuff, but like Star Wars goes into the public domain in 2072. So like, holy, and fuck. to me, like Star Wars and Jaws, that's like the beginning of what we today view as pop culture. So like around yeah. that time, like I can only imagine all this cool stuff that's gonna come out, like all the like the stuff that the people are gonna be able to do with these characters. Not that that there's not like fan fiction out there already, but. Dude, that's that's fucking. Uh, I never thought of that. Yeah, because there's a bunch of movies that came into the public domain this year, and like not like none of them are like movies from 1927. Like none of them are like Chicago came out, but that's that's another case where like the stage play probably added so much shit that that what made. Chicago as we know it today. So like yeah, yeah. the Chicago that's in the public domain isn't the Chicago that everybody knows. Like Well that that's what I was gonna say too, is like something like Chicago I feel like evolves. Yeah. Because you're playing in front of a live audience. And that's where it gets tricky though, too, is because you have to wait, like 
you know, like, oh, they didn't, like, they didn't start doing this in Chicago until, like, 1937, like, oh, 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 on the stage <laughs> yeah. place, so that, like, yeah, there's so much just legal mumbo-jumbo. I mean, that definitely makes a sweet spot for a lawyer to be like, I guess you need me, you know what I mean, yeah. because... I mean, even if you're doing your own research, dude, there's there might be minor things that, like, even in your research, you find that, you know, okay, this appeared in X year, let's say 1940, where actually there may have been an earlier appearance in, like, 38 or 39, but it didn't become a constant in the storyline or a constant in... So there's, like, even an one outstanding thing where you, like, where, where you might think, like, or I guess it'd be the opposite. Like, 1938, you see one thing. You know what I mean? And you're like, yeah. okay, well, now I'm clear, but in all reality, like, it may have appeared a couple of years earlier, and you just, you know what I mean? If that makes sense. Like, it might be normal, normalized in a certain year, but maybe there was a leak, or there was some sort of showing of what you're trying to portray a couple of years earlier, or even a year earlier. Yeah. Where you just don't know about it, because your research it didn't show up, you know? So that might be something that I guess a lawyer definitely would be uh, in a sweet spot because he's like, well, I have nothing but time. I can contact these people, you know what I mean? I can go through the archives or whatever, and honestly, it's on him too. So you bring some liability into it through a secondary source versus just you saying, ah, we got this, you know? So, But that's crazy thinking about the Star Wars thing because... It's going to be cool because... It is pop culture and our kind of the start of it and our, not even just our generation, like our parents. Like, it's kind of where it started yeah, like was with a, our parents. what we in the 21st century definitively know as pop culture, like, started with Star Wars. Yeah. Like, you can, you can, the argument could be made that Jaws led the way for the creating of the summer blockbuster, but, like, Star Wars just, like, exploded. And that's, like... I think it's going to be so cool when all this stuff comes into the public domain because, like it said in that article, like, the names are going to be trademarked. So, like, you're not going to be able to, like, necessarily, like, probably call him Mickey Mouse or Superman. But it's just, like, going to be able to cool be cool because, like, everybody will be able to know who that is. But, like, not being able to, like, name the character, like, I feel like that adds, like, an extra, like, cool element. You know it, what I mean? It does. Like, Dude, it does. You because know, it's going to force creativity, too. Yeah, and that's just something that, like, like you can use Sherlock Holmes or Frankenstein because they didn't have the foresight to trademark those names back then. So that's, like, another thing. Like, it's just going to get really interesting the farther along it goes on because all this legal mumbo-jumbo. The Sherlock Holmes things actually has me pretty intrigued because there's a lot that happens in that storyline where it's, like, it might almost be more advantageous for somebody to wait a couple of years and kind of because I'm not saying you're going to copy the storyline and redo a Sherlock Holmes from beginning to, I don't even want to say end because it still hasn't ended in a way, you know what I mean? But like, for example, if you're going to take something that happened later on in Sherlock Holmes, but you want to do like a flashback sequence, yeah, you can't. So you're almost tied in the way you create creatively, represent Sherlock Holmes. So it might almost be more advantageous to wait 10 years in so that you can kind of chop up the storyline and mix it up instead of having it be linear 
maybe have a flashback sequence or a prequel where you're, it kind of shows how this became what it is. And once it's in the public domain, you know that's going to happen. And there's going to be all sorts of different interpretations and different spins on storylines. But I almost feel like if you immediately jump in, you're kind of tying your hands. Unless you're just using the image as like, you know, let's say uh, Mickey Mouse, Steamboat Willie, for example. You just, you take a couple different characters that pop up in public domain and then you start like uh I don't know, like a cartoon series with a couple different characters that are in public domain, but you merge them together. Okay, cool. But if you're actually going to follow, like, even Popeye, right? You're going to do something like that and almost not mimic, but draw a parallel line in the way you're going. Just switch up some of the storylines or maybe add an element that, you know, wasn't thought of at the time or was overlooked. Or you throw in some current culture references and you kind of tie it in there. I almost feel like you're tied if you if you start too soon, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. I agree with that. But at the same time, if you have enough experience and, like, you know what to do, from those limitations, something, like, great could come that you would have never thought to do with the character where you're like, oh, fuck, dude, that is actually really cool. You know what I mean? That's a good point, too. Again, forced creativity. Yeah, like you're, you know. Limited resource. MacGyver. Yeah. What do you got? I got some duct tape, a couple toothpicks, and a toothbrush. All right, looks like I'm building a grenade. He's like, how? MacGyver? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to fly this plane out of here. How? What? You're going to make a plane out of two toothpicks and a toothbrush? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a hang glider. But, yeah, so I, Yeah. That's kind of got my mind blown, though. I keep going back. I know it's the third time I've said it, but that Star Wars kind of blows my mind because that really is the early, I mean, the beginning. I mean, you could maybe say Superman and some of those comics, the comic series were like getting people their mind in gear. Maybe it was the clutch on the transmission. But Star Wars definitely shifted that motherfucker when this movie came out, dude. Yeah, like d- b- before Star Wars, big movies didn't come out in the summertime. No. Like that wasn't a thing. <laughs> yeah, summertime blockbuster was not a thing. Yeah, Star Wars and Jaws so solely paved the way for that to happen. And that's exclusively how movies are released now. Wasn't Wizard of Oz dropped in the summer, though? I can't remember off the top of my head about Wizard of Oz. I can tell you more fucked up shit behind the set of Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I don't know what time of year it was released. Let me but... hear some of that. I'm going to look it up really quick. <sighs> Where to start, man? <laughs> Where to start with the Wizard of Oz? That movie was directed by so many different people and written by so many different people that they can't even credit everybody in the beginning credits. It's so outrageous. They almost killed the original Tin Man guy because there was actual aluminum in the makeup and he was hospitalized and they recast him. They didn't even give him time to recover. Like, it's awful, bro. Fucking awful. And then they wanted... Like, and because in The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy's like a 10 or 12 year old girl. But yeah. if you watch that movie, Judy Garland's like 16 years old. So they constantly had this, like, this thing I can't remember, like a brassiere or something on her chest, like pushing her like breast to make her, like, flat chested and just so much fucked up shit like that. Like, and then they only let her eat soup the whole time on that set. Like, it, 
It's just awful. They would give her uppers in the morning and downers to make her fall asleep at night. And at sixteen, she you know, was wearing a corset, eating you know, soup, and popping. And fucking. she was that's she was a part of the Hollywood system. Like back in the like, this isn't something that a lot of people may know, but like back in the day, from like the thirties up until what we were just talking about like Star Wars and stuff, there was a studio system in Hollywood where you signed this contract that said you were exclusively making movies for this company. You're going to do whatever we say, like we own you. And they did whatever the fuck they wanted with these people with no consequences. Wasn't that one of Betty White's fucking keys is that she kind of flipped the bird to that? Yeah, she was, Betty White was never a studio girl, and Margaret yeah. Hamilton, the lady that played the Wicked Witch of the West, was never a studio girl either. She refused to be a studio girl. She ended up getting a lot less money, but it's who, good honor, though. I mean. Who was that? Who was that girl in uh, the sidecar? You know who I'm talking about? can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. I want to say Sidecar Story, but I'm Virgin West, mixing West Side Story and Sidecar. The Sidecar Kids, maybe? The bo- I know the Boxcar, boxcar Children. Okay, maybe that maybe that was it. But there was an older movie made, and there was uh, a chick. I, I, I'm just, it's been so long since I heard the story, but I feel like she made a big stir in Hollywood, too, because she... They wanted her to do certain things on set. She wouldn't do them. And then, like, I don't remember if she was with Humphrey Bogart in the film or not, but she was, like, supposed to have a kiss scene. She didn't want to do it. And then it became, like, one of the things that was kind of investigated about the way that the contracts and everything were working because I can't remember if it was a human rights thing that got brought into it, and then their argument was like, well, she signed away her rights because now she's property of whoever. And they were like, okay, but there's still, you know what I mean? Like there's, I feel like that was the start of some of the, and again, it's been so long, and I I sound so stupid talking about it, but I feel like that was one 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 of the first cases that kind of brought a highlight to kind of what was going on, you know what I mean, behind the scenes with the contracts. Because, I mean, I've got, like I said, I've got a lot of interests, <laughs> and I mean, I can only get so deep because once I start going down a wormhole, dude, like I'm fucked. I'm, fu- I'm yeah. fucked. I'm fucked, dude. I can stick my head in a rabbit hole, but the second my knees pass the lip of that hole, dude, I'm in it. Like, I'm just going to keep digging. You know what I mean? It's like, I could why back out now? I'm in here. You know, I want to see yeah. what's around this corner. But um, Wizard of Oz, August 25th, 1939. So the end of summer. Hell yeah. The so, end of summer. 1939. So... 2034, that movie comes into the public domain. Yep. Yeah. The book's probably the, prob- definitely already in the public domain by now. When was the book? I don't know, man. When is the book released? I feel like it was the teens. Definitely before. I feel like it was the teens. I want to say like 17, 1917, potentially. I think it was released in the 1920s. The twenties, okay. See if I can get any signal down here to find out. If not, I uh, I'll look it up right now. If not, cause I, did I have I given you the Wi-Fi password? Nineteen hundred. Nineteen. Damn. 
Yeah, so that's fucking in the public domain as fuck. Yeah, and 95 <laughs> that shit came in, dude. Yeah. I was four when that shit hit public domain. That's crazy. In 19, I don't know why I thought it was the teens. Maybe something tied to World War One. Well, dude, there's um a bunch of Wizard of Oz books that have come out, dude. There's so many. So there, there probably was a Wizard of Oz book that came out then. I mean, again, dude, the public domain thing has always kind of interested me because it's like, I don't want to sound pretentious or braggadocious, but I've always kind of known that I want to do something on my own, right? I want entrepreneurial. And for a while, dude, when I was a kid, I was designing boats, okay? I mean, I've always known I wanted to do something with my hands and build boats. Like, that's one of my biggest passions is, like, water sports, whether it's fishing, water skiing, just drinking fucking wine on a boat. You know what I mean? Just, like, I've always been intrigued by it. And one of the things is, like, I don't know, dude, Popeye always kind of, like, vibed with me a little bit. And when I was, like, maybe 13 or 14, I drew up this logo. And I can't remember off the top of my name, the name I had, but I kind of had, like, Popeye, like, as part of my logo. You know what I mean? And I can't remember, it might have been one of my uncles was like, you'll get in trouble for that. You know what I mean? And, like, it just kind of intrigued me. I was like, how? You know what I mean? How? I'm not using the name Popeye. I'm not saying this is a Popeye boat or whatever, but it was like, it kind of started my attention on the fact that copyright laws are a thing, public domain's a thing. You can trademark something, just a name. You can trademark. And then it kind of, op- again, as a young teen, it kind of opened my eyes to, like, the legal ramifications of taking somebody else's creation and using the inspiration from that. Because the way I saw it, I was like, I'm just giving credit and kind of tying what I'm doing to Popeye. Like, I get he's not out sailing in all of his fucking cartoons, right? He's, I mean, some of them, yeah, he's on a boat. But it's not like, a lot of it, it's dock work. Right? He's at the dock. He's fucking chasing around olive oil. You know what I mean? Like, he's just doing yeah. sh- doing shit as a sailor would do. But it's like, I didn't really tie it to the fact that, oh, you know, this is a boat that is going to represent this fucking company that owns Popeye. And then all the legal ramifications coming down the pike of, you know, one, we don't want you using the name. Two, you're not re- representing our fucking product. Three, we own the fucking, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. It kind of started me on that, and it's always been a little bit curious to me because it's like, I think we talked about this maybe a little bit last time, or I can't remember. We've talked so much, it could have been just at work, but I feel like there's some things, personally, I feel like should be not necessarily free to use, but open source, where it's like, dude, listen, this is something that I get is successful. I'm making money on it. Take your inspiration. Do your twist. Be inspired by it. Don't be suppressed by it. Like, I don't want to see somebody coming up with fucking something extremely similar to Popeye with just a funny spin on the name. Looks a little different. 
but has a similar ties, right? Like I get that aggravation, but if somebody's taking your product and using it in a way, or even being inspired in a way that you weren't like, what's the harm in that? Maybe they're hitting a demographic and freely advertising your creation saying, Hey, you know, if you like this, look what else is close to it. Oh, Popeye, for example. So while we're talking about Popeye. Yeah. Know. No, yeah, I know. I don't know as in terms of like using them as a logo, but like they're the fair use law, like you can you can do that. Like you can't you can you can make a YouTube video and show fucking clips of whatever movie you want, but as or play the whole fucking movie if you want but as long <laughs> as it's voiceover? not in as as long as it's not in its original context and like you're in the context of like i sorry no you're you're no. good you're good you're good no. i was gonna ask if you wanted one but like yeah so like as long as you're in the context like i am doing a video this week about rocco's modern life Awesome. On YouTube. Oh, so I, wait, you're making a video? No, like I, just as like an example. Oh, okay, okay. So like. I was going to say, motherfucker. <laughs> so yeah, you can use clips of Rocco's Modern Life. You can use audio clips because you're not claiming that as your own. Like you're teaching people about this. Yeah. So you can show it as an example. Okay. Now, now that brings up another question. And that's the, the other way, like, I was tying it to you. Like, you could use that whistle. That's fair use. Jeez. You're not using it in its original context. Now, that brings up another question. Where's the line? Like, if you were to say, okay, <laughs> I want to educate you, Rocco's Modern Life, for example. The the line would be probably showing a whole episode of Rocco's Modern Life and then just talking about it afterwards. Like you have to be talking over it and you can like show the clip while you're talking and intermediately use the audio clips. Pause. You know what I mean? Yeah, pause, stuff like that. Cause I and again that the reason I asked that is because As long as you're not blatantly playing the episode, like <laughs> Well, the reason I ask that is because there's that 10-second law with, like, songs or whatever. Yeah, there's also this thing that The Simpsons does when they have blown their music budget where they will have their artist just make make a beat to a song that's really famous that you will, like, recognize immediately, but that is distinctive enough to where that's their song. Like, they don't have to pay any money for that, like... Oh, okay. That's interesting, because didn't uh, Vanilla Ice get in trouble for... He did get in a lot of trouble for that. So, But a lot of rappers do that. That's how... Sampling. Yeah, sampling. So what's... Didn't make it different enough, man. If you listen to the beginning of Ice Ice Baby and you listen to the beginning of Under Pressure, they're exactly the same. So what he had... That's what I'm asking. is what Would he have had to put it in a different tone? Or different pitch. Speed it up, yeah. Speed it up, slow it down. So he can't use. So it. like when you listen to like like Run DMC, Walk This Way, mm-hmm. like that's faster than the Aerosmith Walk This Way. But then here's my question on that: Is but Steven then they're Tyler probably was... also paying money for like in that situation to use that probably? But Steven Tyler was featured on that song. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's probably like they paid. To have that, like, on their... Yeah. 
Yeah, I literally just listened to that at work today. Rockbox came up on my shuffle, and I was like, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All yeah. Right. Just fucking. Yeah, and I was like, I guess I'll go down a little Run DMC rabbit hole. That's why I use that as an example. Oh, uh, man. What's one of your... Uh... I was going to ask what's your favorite Run DMC song, but there's so many. Bro, dude. I really like Rockbox and Run's House. Run's House is probably my favorite. Who's house? <laughs> yeah. Run's house? Well, what's his uh, Christmas in Hollis? I can't remember. I have, I don't, I, I don't listen to Run DMC too much. That's why I kind of went down the little rabbit hole today. It's one of their Christmas songs. I can't remember if it's Christmas and Hollis or whatever, but it's... Bro, Hollywood Undead has a perfect Christmas song, Christmas in Hollywood. Have you ever heard it? No. Oh, it's so fucking great. Johnny Depp on the guitar? Uh, that's Hollywood Vampires. Or, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Hollywood Undead, they're like a, like a mix between rap and yeah. punk rock. Punk. Yeah, yeah. kind of like a, not not bordering on emo, but yeah, rap with like that heavier punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why Hollywood Vampires popped. Probably because it's so damn close. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, <laughs> the undead and the vampires, bro. Aren't vampires undead? Vampires are undead. So, like, what's <laughs> did Johnny Depp get in trouble? Did his band get in trouble for that? I don't know. <laughs> it's so I, fucking I close, man. I mean, I get it's a different name. Yeah. But, like, come They on. got Alice Cooper. They're, they're not getting in trouble for anything. That's true. That's true. Alice Cooper carries some mad respect. Johnny Depp does now, too, again. After that Amber Heard shit, bro. Amber Turd. Amber Turd. Yeah. Dude, did you watch any of that trial? Amber watched the whole trial. Dude, that was phenomenal. She was watching when I would come home on lunch and shit. It was so crazy. Dude, there was so much fucked up shit going on in the world at the time, and that's what they chose to broadcast. But I'm, I'm glad. Not, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, dude. Happy. I'm yeah. happy. I cannot wait for a documentary to come out on that. Because you know there's, like, three in the works. Yeah. What's crazy about, like, when all that shit happened is, is that, like, not a lot of people realize, like, whenever, like, anybody goes to court, like, it's filmed. Like, you can watch any court yeah. shit you want whenever. Like, it's just never, like, besides O.J. Simpson, anybody, nobody's ever been, like, driven enough to watch a court trial like that. Bundy. Yeah. But that was before O.J., though. But wasn't that also... Sp- also broadcast wasn't that one of the last ones broadcast between OJ and Bundy? I think there there was only a few other. Yeah, I prominent... think they don't like publicly like broadcast them, but like you can still like I think go on to like any municipal website and still like pick it up if you just so happen to know like this person's going to be in court this day. <laughs> yeah, you know. Dude. Yeah, I'm sure TMZ's on that shit like every day. That's all public domain. Yeah. <laughs> Freedom of information, dude. Yeah. FOIA. So, on the OJ thing, I'm not going to ask you if you thought he did it. Okay. That's not where I'm going. The glove didn't fit, man. Dude, it didn't fit. I dried it three times. Yeah. I bought smaller gloves and I burnt the, the ones that fit. That was my alibi. Oh, bro, I went to a fucking, uh, when I was in like seventh grade, I went to a police academy thing. I used to want to be a cop, like a detective. Like I even went on a ride along with a cop like all night when I was like 17 once. And I went to this 
when I was in like sixth grade, went to this police academy thing. It was like this like week long, like summer program for kids and never like I knew who OJ was, but like I never knew like about the OJ trial and I will never forget like the lieutenant of the police department just like telling all of us kids about the OJ trial like in depth <laughs> for like an hour, like and all just just like Yeah, that shit was fucking wild. But anyways, what was your question about OJ? I don't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> Let me say this though, because I might have been like three. Okay. Yeah, I was in 94. And, okay, so I was three. And my grandparents, I was living with my grandparents, lived with my grandparents most of my life. And, uh, <clears throat> well, most of my life until I left the house. Like, I lived with my mom a couple of years, but it's a di- that's a long story. You know what I mean? So, anyway, I'm living with my grandparents. And this OJ shit's going on on TV. I don't do I'm three. I don't have any context. I don't know anything. And uh like they were sleeping in their room and most of the time like I my room was across the hallway from theirs, but most of the time I would just sleep in there. You know what I mean? And I remember waking up super early and I'm between them. And I remember thinking, I gotta got to sneak out of here without waking him up. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> yeah. I just had this thought that I got to get out, like, like on an operation. You know what I mean? Mission Impossible shit. So I get out of bed. <laughs> I'm walking into the kitchen, which is down the hallway. And then something just stops me. And I stand up. And I go back and I look in what was my room across the hallway. And of course, there's nobody in there. And I just fucking... I get this idea. I'm like, I'm going to wake him up, and I'm going to tell him the O.J. Simpson's in the bed. <laughs> so, dude, I, 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 I literally took two steps, didn't even bust in the bedroom because the door was open. Take two steps, and I step in there, and I'm like, Grandma, Grandpa, Grandma, Grandpa, O.J.'s in the bed. And they fucking fly up, dude, and they walk across the hallway, <laughs> and there's nobody in there. <laughs> and my grandpa, my grandma's kind of upset, you know, as she goes out in the kitchen, and my grandpa's like, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and to me, it was just like, I don't know, dude. It was just innocent, but like funny. Yeah. <laughs> like something just told me to be like, wake him up with something current. You know what I mean? Like if, if the Twin Towers would have landed and I knew Osama bin Laden's name, I probably would have been yeah. like, Osama bin Laden's. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> but I don't know why you're talking about OJ just, Oh, I know what I was going to ask. So, you know how he did the high-speed chase? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, not even him, technically. He was in the back seat. He just had his buddy doing it. Right, right, yeah. Well, yeah, true, <laughs> yeah. true. Technically, he wasn't behind the wheel, but I don't think it's going out on a limb saying he was a backseat driver. Oh, 100%. How <laughs> so <laughs> One hundred percent, dude. He had that friend in his pocket so much. He had he had the same exact car that he had. Yeah, that's like what a lot of people don't realize. Like that white Bronco isn't actually O.J. Simpson's white Bronco. No. He had a white Bronco, but it is but his friend's white Bronco that he had in his pocket so much that he would buy the same car and would go on this fucking high speed chase for his friend. Like, 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 literally, he. The term "sucking his dick" is kind of out of. 
out of times now. Yeah. But he, like you said, in his pocket, dude, he had him wrapped around his finger. Can we still use that? Absolutely. He had him wrapped around his finger, dude, and he was so reliant on OJ that, I mean, OJ says, hit the gas, motherfuckers, like. He's hitting the gas. <laughs> like, yeah. This is, yeah, we're, we got choppers above us. Go faster, hit this off ramp, whatever he was doing. So, knowing that OJ was <clears throat> backseat driving <laughs> on this high speed chase. Let me ask you, what do you think, and this is rhetorical, what do you think caused him to say high-speed pursuit is probably the best case scenario right now? Adrenaline. Okay, so it's not rhetorical. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I was going to say guilt. Yeah, guilt, adrenaline, yeah. You mean. Because you'd, and if, I, if I were to put myself in OJ's shoes, right, you're this huge sports star, you don't want to be seen being taken down at gunpoint on the 405 or whatever the fuck they were running down. You don't want to be seen getting stopped, have that be the newspaper, right? But adrenaline is probably the best answer because all those thoughts go through your head and you think, I can get out of this. I don't want to be on every fucking newspaper across the country tomorrow with my fucking face on the hood of a cruiser, cuffed up or whatever. Yeah. How do I get out of this? Well, that's probably the best way to get yourself in that scenario is to put yourself on a high-speed chase, dude. Like, it could have just been a fucking, literally, you pull him over, you pull him out, you talk to him, maybe you have a warrant, maybe you don't, and it's just a regular fucking stop. Which it wasn't. It wouldn't have been, but... (laughs) No. But, like, personally, I feel like the adrenaline's a perfect answer, but I feel like guilt was the biggest thing is, like, we got to get somewhere and let me think about this, dude. Let me think about this. What's, what am I going to do right now in this scenario? I don't know. I just need time to think. Get me out of here. <laughs> yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Why wasn't he in the front seat? I don't know, man. Have, probably has, because has anybody he ever asked probably him? could have been easily played off that this guy is just casually driving around town. Kidnapping him? Yeah, because... <laughs> Probably couldn't see him as well in the back seat. Windows might have been tinted or something, you know. That's a good point. That's a good point. Laying low. You are one of the bigger stars and your name's everywhere at the time. Yeah, duck down, OJ. Yeah. No, that's a good point. You ride in the back. That's a good point. I guess I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking, like, if you're riding around with your boy, you're probably going to be sitting up front. But, like, nobody's going to recognize us. No. I mean, one of our friends might be like, yeah, hey, what's that? Nobody's going to care enough to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. So the whole, the whole broadcast issue in that, what do you think that was? Where they were like, we got to broadcast this. We have to let the nation see this case. The chase, man. They blew that chase the fuck up, man. They Everybody knew about it after that. There was multiple poli- or news helicopters following him during that, man. After that, dude, it would be dumb not to, to leave that money on the table for all the people that could watch, hmm. that would watch that on your channel. You know what I mean? Wow. I, I do know what you mean, but yeah, I wasn't thinking about it like that. Hmm. That's interesting. 
That's actually probably the answer. Seriously, because yeah. money drives everything. Yeah, it sadly does. Honestly, I was just kind of thinking, like, he's a big star, so you have some notoriety, of course. So you're going to have viewers. Yeah. But I was thinking more than anything, like, maybe to show the nation that... Because they, they probably, in their heart, knew he was going to be found guilty. So what I was thinking is, like, why broadcast a case where it's you feel it's just cut and dry. Like it's just open and closed case. Yeah, the star power alone, man. And the same reason they broadcast the Johnny Depp trial. Yeah. Too, I mean. Yeah, yeah. But I was just thinking, like, if you know it's going to be open and closed, like, what's the point in, unless you're trying to sway the country in a certain way, but, no, that's probably exactly what it was, is the money, dude. The money involved in, the one, the notoriety of the defendant, but also, like, what Hillary Clinton say, don't let any catastrophe go to waste. Kind of the same thing. Yeah. Motherfucker puts on a high-speed chase. He brought it on himself. He brought the attention, probably had most of the country thinking he's running because he's guilty. Might as well get the viewership. We can advertise on this. Wow. No, you're right. You're <laughs> right. The more I think about it, you're right. You're right. I was thinking maybe there was a lesson to be taught to the country, but I think you're right. Good shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's good shit. That's 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 some food for thought. Chew on that for a little bit like cud. Yeah. God damn. Well shit, bro. Let me ask you about this too, because you sent me the uh it's gonna be a hard transition. Oh, you're good, man. But uh it's twenty to ten, so probably wrap her up here a little bit. Sadly we do have to go to work tomorrow. Oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Half day though, yeah. Hopefully at at most. But um, you sent me your book. First, I did first draft. How do you feel about where you're at now with it? Not the content wise, but having created it, seeing it finished, going through it, the whole process. Just run with it. Like, how do you feel about? I feel pretty good about it. I just uh, rewrote the beginning of it. I mean, there's I try to take stuff that I like and dislike from different mediums that I take in, whether it's books I read or movies that I watch. And I feel, I don't know, I like it. There's probably some more stuff that I could add, but the bare bones, it's, it's what I want it to be, I think. Okay. There's definitely... I don't know. This has been the biggest thing that I've written in like a while, like as far as like like how good I want it to be or whatever. But definitely probably some steps I would eliminate in the process just to just learn along the way. You know what I mean? That's yeah, but that's you the thing is I think we went over this last time is you've gotta do it so that you can learn those things. Yeah. The ten thousand hours principle. Yep. I mean until you do it fuck dude yeah like you can say oh this might be the best way to do this but until you do it yeah be like or you know be like i notice i'm spinning my wheels a lot in this process like is that really necessarily maybe not like we can just skip that you know so if you don't mind me asking what are the couple things that kind of hung you up 
So for me, like, a lot of the times, like, when I write a story, like, I'll write a couple drafts, like, on paper, and then I'll, like, bullet point what I have written down, but, like, I've noticed, like, by the time that I get to the actual, like, part where I'm, like, typing it out, because, like, I'll type it out, and then I'll go through and, like, edit all that and, like, change it, where it kind of comes to the point where, like, all that shit that I'm writing on the paper is, I don't know, I don't want to say, like, unnecessary, but I can just leave more more of that like in my head and like formulate it so where I can just like ins- like make those bullet points and then just like work off of those so, like I'm skipping all this stupid shit in the beginning that I'm doing you know what I mean yeah so in that process and it's kind of a vague question but like what did you take away from like did okay better way to word it did you adapt that process any like did you realize that okay i don't need to do this or maybe i need to do that or how did you reformat if anyways at all that process um again it's kind of vague but i would think that it's just now that there's like google chrome and stuff like it's just so much easier to like just start a document and just, you know what I mean? Like, because like I said, like, I'll write all this stuff down on paper and it's like pages and pages and it's just so useless. Like, I can just spend that time formulating the story in my head more and then just kind of bullet point it because that's the point that I really am want to be at anyways and just have these strong bullet points and then just like work the story from there because I'm still going to go through and rework it like I did on the paper, but it's like I'm skipping, I'm almost saving myself two steps. The writing step. Yeah. For, okay. Okay. So, like, in the in the process of bullet pointing, like, um, have you found a medium of detail in the bullet points? Yeah, so there's, I usually, there's traditionally, like, a three-act structure. So, like, in the beginning, in the first act, you're establishing stuff. And then in the second act, you're building towards something traditionally. And then in the third act, you're answering all these questions that you've put forth or whatever. Okay. So usually typically like that, like the original bullet points, I'll be like this blah, blah, blah. Like this is where we're at. And then like work through like. So you actually bullet point in acts. Yeah. Okay. In order. Okay. Okay. So I I guess... That does answer part of my question, but so I guess what I was what I was really wondering is like the detail in your bullet point. Like, do you try and get where you're talking about? Like, if I have a bullet point, like like Balthazar Benitez goes hunting with the Loudons, like something like that. Right. Like yeah. How I expand upon that? Yeah. Are you usually are... if I have something like that, like I'll have like a pretty good like idea of where I want to go with that like because like there's just stuff like in my mind that just like interests me that like I'll put into my story like for instance I'm really interested and fascinated by bees and like how bees work how they work as a society how they work together how they make a queen when the queen dies, how they make another queen. So like, I'll have something like that on my mind. And then I could just vaguely put like, just like have encounters with like invasive species and be like, 
this is like okay. or whatever you know something like that you know what yeah. i mean like i'll have it on my mind like yeah yeah no that no that makes perfect sense and then like like i like will know where everything will go in the story so like if i think that something's a good idea and it's kind of like sticking in my head i'll be like think about like where can this go like where's a good place for this to go in the story where does this work the best like where can i place this little tidbit into this story you know what i mean yeah well uh, and now like i'm putting lego blocks together perfect yeah perfect i was gonna say like center blocks building a wall to complete a story but legos work the exact same (laughs) so in your in your process of bullet pointing do you have like um I guess in my mind, I'm kind of thinking like highlighter, but do you have like a way to highlight certain things that need to be priority items and then certain things that can be just kind of placed wherever just for like, so for example, if you were going to say like, um, just insert this little tidbit about a certain person, like, and it's not necessary to the overall story, but it's necessary to like, a certain point in the story, like maybe a little background on this person, but like a two-liner or a one-liner. Do you highlight that as a priority to put in, or do you highlight that as uh, like it can be placed anywhere as long as it's before this point type thing? Stuff like that usually comes in like after you have everything figured out in your story where you're like, I need to get to point A to point B, and my character is or here blah, blah blah like so it's like i need to have somebody to do this so it's like you know what okay. i mean so yeah, yeah. okay yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. like for instance like i have like <coughs> my whole story like written out and like i watched up in smoke and cheech martin's character's name in that is pedro de Pacas. that's like what he introduces himself as when he's pulled over so, like, I want to have a character in my story named Pedro de Pacas. So, it's like, where is the best place in the story to place Pedro de Pacas? Because he's not going to be a very important character. Like, where's in my story? Not a lot is going on, but it would be something like good enrichment could happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, where it's not completely random, yeah. but it, it actually contributes to either something that happens down the road or just like like you said to enrich like a slower area of progression in the story. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, characters and stuff like that usually I'll usually do that will happen after like I'll try to build this story of, of like what I want to happen and then I'll like have a good idea of like what characters I want to have or you know like how many characters I want to introduce and like if it happens like okay so I need a character here to do this because it doesn't really make any sense that these two characters would just be here doing this by themselves okay and that's that's one of the other two questions I was going to ask is like well one of the three because I was going to ask like how many characters off the bat do you work with like obviously a protagonist and an antagonist I usually try to do four, like, off the top of my head. Like, I want a protagonist and an antagonist. And you, for me, want somebody for your protagonist and antagonist to work off of. Yep, like sidekicks almost. Yeah. Okay. 
And then um, I was going to ask about Balthasar because I know. He, yeah, he's been <laughs> a lot of my stories, but he finally got cemented into this one he, as a real person. Which, dude, <laughs> you know, I just want to I just want to say um, your Chronicles of Amberdon, bro. I enjoyed it. And yeah. ba- Balthazar Black, I mean, dude, <laughs> humble brag right here, dude. I feel privileged as fuck to, one, have been able to read that and uh, give you some notes. I mean, they, I know they were minor notes, but I feel privileged as fuck to have been able to read that because, like, just knowing kind of the motivations behind writing it and, like, some of the things you were drawing from at the time, like Chronicles of Amberdon, like, your wife's name, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like just seeing those little things about your life that you tie in. And then obviously some of the, the, I don't want to say pop culture references, but some of the really experience you have, not just cinematically, but comically like seeing you workshop all those together in like, I don't know, dude. I just feel extremely privileged to to be one of, if not the only person outsourced from within your your family or close group to be able to put my eyes on that. So, and then knowing that Balthazar is in this, I'm excited just to see like who he is because like knowing who he was in the Chronicles of Amberdon, and then I just because for me to be able to make comparisons between the two, like I'm I'm interested just in seeing that character development. Across storylines. Yeah. You know he, what I mean? He's my favorite character. At the end of the story, like, you haven't had time to read it yet, but he's... Spoiler alert. He's left purposefully, like, vague because he's not, like, the main character, but, like, as, like, the story goes on, like, he kind of, like, takes over. Like, and he's left purposefully vague because, like, I kind of want to, like, keep writing these stories and have, like, one character keep coming back and, like, I kind of want to have him come back or maybe just have him end up just being in all of them as like a minor character or something like that you know i don't know i think the thing that interests me the most about balthazar black is like balthazar black he has my greatest fear like he lives with my greatest fear like his like his family was murdered like i don't know what i would do if that happened and that's why i gave that care like that trait to that character like i gave him my biggest fear because that I thought would be interesting. Maybe that's why he's my favorite character now. Like, I don't know. Ah, uh, man, I can spin off that for a second because <clears throat> what I feel that I see again, the Chronicles of Amberdon, I, f- I feel like I see you exploring, not just writing style, not just ways to tie words together. Right. But I, I, I kind of feel like, I was witnessing you exploring capabilities of characters, if that makes sense. But again, like we talked last time, I'm pretty sure it was last time on the podcast. If not, my apologies for those that weren't in on our conversation. But but I feel like you, like we talked about how important it is for children in particular, but anybody really, to read and get experience through reading whether it's fiction whether it's not to put themselves mentally in a scenario get engaged with it in a way that 
gets them thinking about what they would do, what they would not do. What I kind of see you doing is exploring, like, how you think you might feel or how you think a person might be that has had their family murdered. Because I don't know anybody that has. Do you know anybody that has? Uh, No. Right. So there's no sourcing where you can go sit down with this guy for a few hours, take notes, and then add that to your character. So I can kind of see you exploring, like, kind of the darkness in his thoughts or kind of like his social attributes. And I mean that, that to me, again, dude, just, I'm excited to see his transition from Amber Dawn to this because it's like, yeah, he's a bad guy in that story. Yeah. He's it, not a bad guy in this story. In the so Chronicles. Really, yeah. He's the bad yeah. guy in the Chronicles. So it's, it's, yeah. I'm always afraid that like when I talk about this stuff, like one, I feel like a lot of the time, like arrogant, just talking about it. like Brandon no. Gold asked me about it, like my writing today, and I felt kind of like douchey just talking to him about it. But no, no, no. Also, like I'm afraid, like I just like hype all this stuff like out of proportion. Like, can I like really like live up to like all this stuff? Because like there's some stuff that I struggle with, like with dialogue, and there's some like character like beats that I can maybe like elaborate on more. But bro, but okay. Let me try and snuff that flame that you're feeling, yeah. okay, in a good way. If somebody asks you about something, and this is something I've had to come to terms with because I've been talked to not just by family members but by friends, my fucking wife. You know what I mean? Like if she asks me about something and I'm vague about it or if a friend asks me like, let's, bow fishing for example, let's take that. If somebody asks me like, where you bow fish? For the longest time, I felt, I don't want to say privileged. What's the word I'm looking for? I felt extremely, help me out here. Like privileged? No. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) No, no, like um, fortunate. I felt fortunate to be in a position where I had the knowledge to build my own boat and I had the experience and the time and the knowledge with fish where I could kind of get some sort of confidence to be able to go out on my own and build a boat to do this, right? So, like, when somebody asked me for the longest time, I felt arrogant just by saying, like, yeah, I did this, yeah, I did that, here's what I did, oh, here's pictures of the fish I shot. And that's this, we're just using bull fishing as an example. There's multiple things that people have brought up, like my welding, for example. Like, dude, those are fucking gorgeous welds. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, I had the time, I spent the money, I've got, you know, a little bit of knowledge behind. So, anyway, it's like when, if you were to ask me about bull fishing, I can be super vague. And to me, just from what I've had told me from told to me from the outside perspective, is it's like you almost seem sheltered because it seems like you don't want to share your knowledge. And there's some things I don't want to share, like, hey, where'd you shoot those fish? Or, hey, where? Uh, like, yeah. Yeah, like that, whatever. But, like, hey, how'd you wire these lights? Or, hey, you know, what made you think about this? Or why did you do this structurally? Or why did you decide to put this on your boat? Or why did you decide to go to this location instead of the other? And it's like, well, you get me talking Like, that's the biggest problem I have with this podcast is, like, I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to learn and grow, right? But the last 20, dude, I feel like I've just been, because I'm so excited. I feel like I'm just, like, trying to finish sentences and talk over, you know what I mean? Or going story for story. 
Like, I don't need to do that, right? But that is entertainment. But to me, I feel arrogant. And when I hear myself do that, I fucking hate it. Because it's like, it's not about me, for one. But if you were to ask me, like, hey, so your airboat, like, what went into that, you know? Ten years ago, if you were to ask me, I would have felt arrogant telling you, yeah, my buddy and I bought this airboat and we stripped it down and we rebuilt it. It doesn't even look the same as when we got it. And yeah, we did this to the motor and we did this to the deck and we decided to do this because of that and yada yada. We take it here, we do that. But if you were to ask me now, I don't see it as in like... If you tell me this information, I don't see it as you bragging, right? I see it as in you sharing some knowledge or some insight, even if it's not going to help me because I'm not writing a story, it's insight as to what went into the book, like some backstory, like what is it that got you interested in writing or like, hey, about this book, like give me kind of like a basis of the storyline or why did you decide to do that once you start getting into the details and all this other stuff. It's not, I don't see it as braggadocious as much as like, sharing information if that makes sense to an extent yeah it's braggadocious if you're like yeah look at my badass truck pulling this boat or yeah you should see my studio it's easy to write when i'm in my studio because i've got this little isolated area that's all me you know what i mean i light incense and i've got this fucking salt stone or whatever the kid the wife's dealing with the kids i'm in there with my fucking whiskey and cocaine you know what i mean just like (laughs) oh yeah no i get an eight ball every week to write you know what i mean if you start throwing in those details that have nothing to do with the question at hand then maybe but if you're just answering my direct question i get where you might feel like it but dude and i'm not saying get over it but you got to find a way to work around that because like i think it was joe rogan said that becoming a teacher of martial arts accelerated his understanding and capabilities because now you're looking at it from a different angle. So if somebody asks you, hey, you know, about this book you're writing, maybe take that as even an opportunity to kind of reevaluate from an alternate perspective, gain some feedback, and then worst case scenario, you give them some insight. Maybe you help them shortcut somewhere, but it's also going to help you evaluate your process and maybe you get something out of it that's not just pride because you're feeling like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, I wrote a book. so and it's easy to say don't feel like that but you have a sense of pride i mean you've got phenomenal character so you as a i mean i love you as a person so it's like i i can understand where you know there's that feeling but just please don't let that impede in a way that's gonna because there is a detriment to it to a point you know like like people say they're honest to a fault that's true. You know, somebody asks you your social security and you just can't lie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there, there's a fault. But, yeah. You know, so don't feel like that is what I'm trying to say. I know I went on a four or five minute rant about don't feel like that, but don't feel like that. You know, and those people listening, same thing, dude. Like if you have any sort of expertise and somebody's fresh out of high school and they're just curious, they might be trying to get into your field or they might be trying to figure out what they want to do with their life. Don't feel braggadocious about saying like, yeah, look at these things that this career path or these decisions have given me. Because if you get into the details about, yeah, look at the inside of my Corvette. Yeah, look at the inside of my camper. Look at the inside of my pole barn. That's braggadocious. 
But when you're like, yeah, dude, not only can I support my family by this, but fuck, we can take vacations. You know what I mean? I have a luxury car. I have my dream car. Like, that's information that that person may be able to use to be like, maybe this is a a decision I want to make. Maybe I do want to go through all this fucking, wade through all this shit so I can get to that diamond island out there in the middle, you know? And maybe you end up reading their book one day, you know? Or hearing them on a podcast or seeing them on a TV show or buying a product from them because just that interaction you had not only gained a connection but gave support, you know? Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. But just don't, yeah, don't think that you're bragging. Kind of be aware of it, I guess, but, yeah, don't feel like that. Again, it's easy to say. (laughs) Yeah. Dude, I don't know. It just, it feels good finishing this story because, like, I'm kind of at the point right now where, like, I kind of just, like, I want to, I just, like, want to write these stories and for my friends and just have my friends read them. And I don't know, like, when I wrote the Chronicles of Amberdon, like, I was just, I don't know, not to sound arrogant, but, like, I was almost trying to, like, use that as an excuse, like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, I'm just going to be a writer but like i don't know like it's not when you yeah but when you when you like let go of that arrogance and stuff like it's so it's like freeing like i don't dude like i don't know like people come up like after i came on your podcast last time uh jeff and brandon told me they wanted to read my book i'm not gonna fucking i'm not gonna charge them to read my book like you know (laughs) like it's it's dumb. They're my friends. I just want my friends <laughs> to enjoy my stories. That's all but, I want. That's but, the point that I'm at right now. But here's the thing is being your friends, right? Like, dude, and I want to address this now because I don't, I'm not going to forget it when we close, but I just want to address this now. Thank you for one, for letting me proofread and give some editorial notes because oh, thank you man i <laughs> i i know you're not like a writer or, or anything like you're not writing short stories like me but i view you as a peer in the creative field for sure and thank you i don't have a lot of peers so it's it, creating oh, in a bubble is hard it's a comp- compliment sandwich dude you're like i don't have a lot of peers so i you'll work <laughs> yeah <laughs> no um but seriously thank you because like I don't know. It doesn't just make me feel good in the sense that, hey, he's letting me in on this early stock. You know what I mean? But it's also like, it's not just the trust aspect. Like, it's a combination of things, dude. It's just, it feels good to do it, but I'm also excited to be able to, like, see your creation. You know what I mean? And that's what I was going to get at. It's like, Brandon, Jeff, even Zach, dude. Like, of course you're not going to charge him. No. But, dude they'd be more than willing to support you by willingly paying. You know what I mean? You publish this shit, you you fucking do an audiobook, I guarantee they'll buy it. You say, dude, I'll just send you the file. Cool, send me the file. But then you're going to notice a sale on Spotify or wherever the fuck you post it because they'll support you through that means. Even though you say, I don't want it. They'll do it. They'll do it. I guarantee it, dude. What are you, what, what are you charging? 10 bucks, 20 bucks to support my boy? The fuck? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, No, that almost feels better than money. Like, to me, honestly, like... Giving it away? 
Or no, like, like not giving it away, but like feeling having... that support and stuff. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, dude. Like it's there. Like like I'm telling you, I feel great just knowing that I get to fucking read it before it's officially complete, complete and ready to publish or whatever you're gonna do with it. Like yeah, like <clears throat> that's amazing. But like um, I got I got something for you. I had Brett Strong on. I don't know if you know Brett. I don't know. His name sounds familiar. I started the podcast today, but. Well, uh, give me one second here. He, uh, he's a friend of mine from high school and after. He's one of my good friends from school. And uh, I was actually in his wedding. Now, I'm gonna just going to read the text. Brett says, I was listening to you and Drew, and I think he should do a storyline podcast with his book. As he was describing it, I kept thinking of Old Gods of Appalachia by Steve Schell, thinking like, damn, that could be a good show with the right narrator. I was like, okay. Okay, so I put that on the list. I was listening to that today. I was like, motherfucker. And uh, <clears throat> he was telling me, hold on, let me see if I can find it here. Well, thank you, Brett. I appreciate you saying that. I don't know you, but I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, and then I, I was telling him, I was like, I'm trying to get him to do an audiobook. And he's like, audiobook would be just as good. I'm not much of a reader, but it sounds like it'll be a damn good book. Like, and again, dude, like, that's, and I told him I'd pass that on because it's like, there's, I don't have a huge listener base, right? I'm just trying to get some content out there, and I'll start promoting it later. But, like, you showing me as a supporter just sitting down and talking on mic, sitting down and talking on mic is underestimated, dude. Like, I can't tell you how many people, like, the first podcast I've done with people, like, even with my grandpa, like, the shyness of the mic, even though it's just us talking, the fact knowing it's recorded, I think, is a big barrier to get over. But also, like... Being willing to say things that other people might eventually hear is another barrier to get over. People that aren't, you're not going to interact with. So there's that, that yin yang between should I say it, should I not, you know what I mean? And I don't want to say confidence, it's the social anxiety of not knowing who's going to listen. It's just us right now. I don't yeah. even have to post this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've listened to so many podcasts, though, bro. It's like, I honestly, like, I don't know. Not to say, like, I don't really care, but no, you know I what I mean? It. I like, get it. Yeah. I don't know. I honestly had to unsubscribe from podcasts this week because I had too many. Same. Well, a couple months ago, I was like, yeah, overwhelming. Yeah. overwhelming. too overwhelming, man. Yeah. And there's a few I haven't listened to in like six months plus. It's yeah. like, I don't need this in my there. feet, Get dude. Yeah. There. But that's the thing is like, you showing me the support of coming on here, dude. Like, one, I'd be a dick not to reciprocate it, but I want to reciprocate it. You know what I mean? And like, if this can help you out in any way, whether it's spreading the word of what you're doing or letting you vent a little bit or even just workshopping, like, that alone to me is huge. But then you coming on and showing the mutual support of, hey, dude, you're trying to do something, like, that's what this country is missing, dude. That's literally what this country is missing is mutual camaraderie. Support. Yeah, camaraderie and mutual support. And like when I get to fifty, I'm planning on doing a couple merch items. 
I'm planning on starting to push the promotion. But just like everybody that's been on here and will be on here before my 50, I, I try and tell them the same thing. Like, I don't have a huge listener base. Eventually it might blow up. I hope it does. But you're really helping me hone my skills as a podcaster, hone my skills as like putting my thought into words. Because short conversations, even hour, two hour long conversations outside of work, doesn't really do it the same way that like sitting down and trying to philosophize on a concept or make a point or share a thought about anything. It's, it's, it's not the same as we're just sitting around a bonfire and it's like, hey, you see that shooting star? What do you think about aliens? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a lot easier to just kind of bullshit your way through when you're not trying to, not professionally, but when you're not trying to do it in a manner that's consumable by other people. Like you and I can have a conversation, cool. But the second other people might hear it, it's like, it's not that it's going to change, but the words or the way that things are portrayed might change, you know? And I feel like that's the same with the writing. Like, you can write yourself a story. If it's just going to be you that reads it or your buddies that read it, like, they'll get it. But the second you think about putting that out to the public, there's got to be certain things that you can't shortcut this because they don't know your background or they don't know where this character was developed from. You know what I mean? So, I don't know, man. I just... I appreciate the support. It's really what I'm trying to get at. I don't I don't have any problem once once you decide to uh do an audiobook or anything. You let me know, I'll help you out. I'll give you the mics, you know what I mean? I'll I'll send oh, it yeah. here with you. Once you decide you want to fucking publish it, dude, you let me know where it's at. I'll pre-order that shit like even though I read it. That's the support aspect. So the um your book though, I did want to ask one other question like now that you're at a stage of, I know that was a fucking hell of a rant. It's that fucking Jack dude starting to catch me. <laughs> yeah. like I said, dude, half hour after them fucking sips. But now that you're at a point where you're <clears throat> going through like the final, well, let me ask this first. Like, is it true what they say that when you think you're done, you're half done? Yeah. Okay. That's so true. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So now that you're at a point that you're going through the final evolutions of, to say final again, finalizing your product, your story, have you already started to think about, like, the lineage of it? Like, is it going to, for example, like, are you going to go too more deep or are you going to start here and then add another 30% to the storyline, do you think? Or are you just going to start another, like, is this going to be a series? Like, where are you, not necessarily on the comfort level of being done, but, like, on the work level? Um, so when it comes to terms like that, like, usually, um, like, if you finish a story, like, you can just have, like, one story. Like, this is it, the end. But, the like, there's a theme that, like, I want to try to, like, cover and like a point that I want to get to in these stories so it's like I'm kind of like building on that and it's a lot of the times if you want to do more than one story you'll traditionally do three like it'll become a trilogy okay so that's kind of where I'm at right now where I know there's a point that I want to get to and I kind of I outlined 
what I thought was going to be the second story, but now I think it might be the third story. I don't know. I'll talk to you more about it once you read the. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, that's, <clears throat> again, that's just kind of what I was curious about is like where. But I've always been interested in like stuff like, like Jules Verne, who'll periodically have like characters from other stories like pop up. So that's always kind of like something that's been on my mind. Like I want, this world to be like the world where like my stories take place in. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. So, okay. 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 No, I do. I do. I do. But there will still be a character connecting like every, you know what I mean? I do. Connecting through all of the stories. And to me, that's exciting because (laughs) Hmm. the way to put, put it in words would probably be like you're landing on a planet. And we just know one little area of the planet in the story now. Like, you could tour the whole planet in your series. Like, you could find a way to leave the planet and return home and then see what that state's like. I mean, not even that, bro, but, like, like questions that come to my mind, like, with stuff like that is, like, like, exploring this planet or, like, even, like, exploring, like, other planets or something like that. Like, new life, like... You just think that you would come onto this other planet and, like, oh, these are the greens, aliens, like, you know, or whatever. Like, they're all humanoids. But, like, don't you think that you would ever, like, reach a planet where, like, okay, this, we reached this planet. It's pretty jungular. Um, there's a lot of vegetation. The primary species appears to be ostrich. And we followed these ostriches back to where they live and they have this sophisticated technology that we can't figure out how they built and we're unable to communicate with them because the barrier of communication is too different that's not a story like something i'm gonna write but like something like that you know what i mean like stuff like that like these great like barriers that like we have to overcome Fuck, dude. And history repeats, <laughs> and and history always repeats itself. So, like, there's a lot of stuff. Like I said in the last podcast, like I'm really interested in like the old west and like you know 17th, 18th, 20th century history. So, I don't know. There's stuff that I'll like take from that too. Like a little bighorn, or bro. see, like yeah, like this happened, and like this is what should have happened. Like, damn. Okay, so even kind of like taking context from. A historical event, <clears throat> and then exploring alternates. Yeah. T- t- okay. And see that—that's kind of yeah. That's that's definitely more concise to what I was asking because I feel like if I just wrote a, a short story, anecdotally, I feel like if I just completed a short story, there'd be a moment of celebration, like it's done. The work's not done, done, but like. It's out there, it's in the editing process, it's in the peer review process. What's next? And then because that's on your mind, I would probably lean into, well, one, if it was a biography, that'd be different. But if I was, like, writing a fictional, like a sci-fi, I feel like I'd lean into, well, what could they do next? Instead of trying to just switch gears and flip to a whole different, you know what I mean? So the fact that you're, you said a trilogy... It's kind of traditional. I mean, I'm over here just fucking fist pumping in my head, dude, because I'm like, all right, there's at least two more of these bitches coming, dude. So 
like and and that alone like the exploration of historical events in a different light there's not many people i think well that i know personally that could i can't even say that that could do it but that could do it with like the thought process that you put into it cuz even when you were like okay i want it to be I want it to feel like they're actually stranded and you're talking about like, okay, they brought seeds, but they can't grow them. Okay. Now they're dismantling their ship because they can't even work this primium and all these other things. Like you're putting thought into it that I don't know many people that would think outside of, well, why can't they just leave or why can't they just do this or that where you're like laying the groundwork and it may be some of it's like you said, pulled from historical events. But then some of it's also like your thought process on how this should have happened where you can mitigate or prevent an event where somebody else might be thinking, well, obviously they're going to do this. And then something happens in your story where that's out the door. You know what I mean? It's out the fucking, it's locked, it's closed, it's not happening. So. I like to think that's how the ending of my story is. Like you were like, all right, this motherfucker's totally going to do this. And you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, and that's why I'm excited to get into it, dude. Like. Yeah, man, and I don't want to beat it to death. I know it's getting late, so uh, we can wrap here whenever. But um, yeah, I don't even know what time it is. It's, uh, uh, yeah, quarter after ten. Yeah, yeah. I know. I said that about forty minutes. <laughs> yeah. Forty minutes ago, we'd be wrapping. But so, did you have any uh, final thoughts or motivational advice? Ex- you know, experience that you've gained that maybe you want to share? Any roadblocks you want people to avoid? Anything that you want to put out there? Before we close, any plugs, anything like that? Where what you are, um, what's the phrase I'm trying to think of? Um, uh, I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. You can edit this out, the part of me thinking of. uh, This content is good. If you um, you want me to edit it, I'll edit it. Wear what you love on your sleeve. Okay. Like, don't ever be afraid to express what you love or what you're passionate about. Look at my backpack. Yeah, for real. Yeah. For real. And can I piggyback off that for a second? Go ahead. If you're around people that aren't supporting your expression of your loves and passions, you're around the wrong people. Mm-hmm. If you're in a circle where people are putting you down or they're trying to peer pressure you into doing something you don't want to do or they're trying to change maybe a career path or a thought process and they're doing it in a way that's because like if if your mom were to tell you honey i don't think that's a good idea okay that's coming out of care but if one of your friends tells you bro i don't want you to do that like you have to evaluate that a little different because maybe they don't want you to have means they don't they don't want you to leave them all these other things you have to consider so if you're around people that aren't supporting what you're wearing on your sleeve they're not reinforcing the people around or reinforcing to you that the people around you that aren't supporting it are pieces of shit you don't need to worry about. If they're not telling you to stay out of the comment section, those people don't matter. They wouldn't say that shit to your face. Reevaluate your surroundings. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like you said, your backpack, dude. Like, look at it. You know. You know. Like, one of the things I always find is Steamboat Willie. And Rocco's Modern Life. I'm pretty sure Rocco's on there like twice. 
Yeah, I have um, one of the pens I'm really proud of is you grew up dark, watching Dark Darkwing Duck, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah, I have this pen on my backpack. It's um, it's in a circular logo, and it has a duck in the middle of it dressed like James Bond and it says double O duck because Darkwing Duck was supposed to be double O duck. It was supposed to be a double O seven parody, but double O seven is trademarked. So they couldn't do double O duck. <laughs> so they converted it to Darkwing Duck, but they handed out these pens at comic book conventions before the show came out all summer before they figured out. So I bought one of those pens on eBay and it's on my backpack. No shit. Yep. I've, dude, I haven't noticed. I'll haven't show it to note. you tomorrow. Fuck Remind yeah. me. <laughs> Fuck I was yeah. just showing it off to Dustin like a month ago. Dude. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's something that. I'm really proud of because it's like nobody has that pen. The show didn't even get made technically. Like Right, dude. Yeah. yeah. Like literally, dude, you've got inside fucking merch bro. yeah i heard on a podcast that that pen existed and i had to find it and it was relatively cheap dude only weirdos like me want it but relatively yeah. cheap right now wear what you love on your sleeve people don't be ashamed of it 100 percent. well thanks again bro thanks again for the uh podcast and for the live leak and allowing me to edit hell yeah give editorial notes so all right guys until next time say you I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Whistlepig. If you would like to support this podcast, please like and subscribe, rate and review, and follow on social media at Whistlepig Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Rumble. You can email questions or comments to whistlepigpodcast at gmx.com. That's G as in girl, M as in man, X as in x-ray.com. And until you hear from me again, get outside, take a kid with you, and stay free.